My friend, I have convened this extraordinary meeting of the Council in order that I may report upon an action which I deemed necessary. A reconnaissance expedition to the Forbidden City with Virgil and MacDonald as my aides. Why MacDonald? Why not a soldier? Because we went in peace to what we thought would be a dead city, but in case there were some survivors, we took MacDonald with us so that he could parley with them and secure permission for our search. Survivors there are maimed, mutated, hostile, and human. Did the humans follow you here? Uh, we saw no sign of it. But we must prepare for the day when they may come out of the city, when they may come to find us. No humans in council. No humans in council. To this episode of the Movie Clinic Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, David, and this is my wife, Sherry. And on this episode, we'll be covering Battle for the Planet of the Apes from 1973 and our wrap-up of the original Planet of the Apes series. I guess as our tradition goes, I'm going to pass it along to Sherry and find out what's your first experiences with this movie. I've just been watching them as we've been doing the podcast. This was my first viewing. So, yeah, just so you're fresh into this. So I got two full ones in 15 minutes before I fell asleep. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, yeah, you were watching it one night and literally passed out 15 minutes in. It was a rough day for you, so I could understand why. But that's your pretty much your experience right there. Well, mine, once again, if you've listened to any of our other Planet of the Apes episodes, you know that I watched these in kind of like a marathon session on TV when I was a kid. They showed one Apes movie a day for five days, and this was, of course, the last one, and I was excited to see this because, in some ways, I was sad because I knew it was the last one, but in a way, ooh, battle for the Planet of the Apes. That sounds great. That sounds awesome. And was it awesome? Well, we will we will uh, get to that as we go along. Needless to say, maybe battle is the wrong word for this movie. Maybe skirmish on the planet of the apes <laughs> or something like that. But we will get to that as we go along. But I guess with that, what I, we're going to do is we're going to drop the trailer in right here and come back with the cast and uh, the plot synopsis. We want guns! Now, the final chapter in the incredible ape saga. There it is, or was. This is the hell my forefathers used to speak about. This background radiation alone will give us 300 rentgens an hour. The battlefield, a dead city 12 years after the ultimate bomb has been dropped. The prize, the right to inherit what's left of the Earth. The contestants, ape, 
against man. The most unbelievable showdown ever filmed. As the mutants, strange transformed men who live underground like moles, battle the apes to decide who will be master and who will be slain. They're getting away. Kill them. survive, create a new race. In the aftermath of his victory, the surface of the world was ravaged by the vilest war in human history. Climaxing the epic series which made motion picture history, comes the last, the most spectacular of all the ape adventures. Now, fight like Out of the Forbidden City, they roared, to settle once and for all who had the right to rule the planet, ape or man. Okay, and uh, Battle for Planet of the Apes, 1973. First off, we have director J. Lee Thompson, who is returning from Conquest of the Planet of the Apes because he did the previous one as well. And, of course, he has directed such films as Firewalker, St. Eyes, the original Cape Fear, and Tiger Bay. And he passed away in 2002. And now this is going to be another one of these movies where most of the cast is passed away. Mm -hmm. Main cast is passed away in this one. Now we come to our lead, Roddy McDowell, uh, returning as Caesar uh, for the last time in the series. And of course he's been in such films as Fright Night. He was in Shock Treatment, Cleopatra, and Class of 1984. He passed away in 1998, and like I said, this was his last time as Caesar, but thankfully he did return for the TV series, despite how brief it was. So you did get a little bit more of Roddy McDowell as an ape, but it just wasn't as Caesar anymore. And next we go to Austin Stoker as McDonald, and he was in such films as Assault on Precinct 13, Airport 75, Time Walker, and Abbey. And he passed away in 2022. I thought I remembered hearing about when he passed on. I thought I remembered reading about that online. Yeah, I knew it was fairly recent that he passed on, but I couldn't remember exactly when. And once again, we uh, come to Natalie Trundy as Lisa. And, of course, she's been in pretty much all the sequels up to this one as well. But like I said, she was mainly a TV actress in such a TV series as Wagon Train, Perry Mason, Bonanza, and Sherry's favorite, 77 Sunset Strip. And she passed away in 2019. And next we have Paul Williams as Virgil. 
And he's been in such films as one of my favorites, Phantom of the Paradise. He was in Smokey and the Bandit 1 through 3 as Little Enos. <laughs> yeah. The Muppet movie and the movie Firestorm. But he's mainly, I think, more known as a musician because he did the soundtrack to Phantom of the Paradise. And he was in the film, of course. And he's written many songs, I think, like Rainbow Connection and uh, other things. And to show where he's went, he actually did the theme for the TV show The Love Boat. He actually wrote that wow. uh, theme. So he's a, like a big-time songwriter. He's written songs for everybody from like David Bowie, you name it. Yeah, a very talented man. Next, we move into Severn Darden, returning as the character of Culp from the previous film. And he's been in such films as Real Genius, Hopscotch, Hired Hand, and Vanishing Point. That's another one of my favorites. And he passed away in 1995. And finally, I have Claude Aikens as General Aldo. And he's been in such films as Curse, uh, Rio Bravo, Skyjacked. And he also was in one of our previous episodes as Sheriff Butcher in The Night Stalker. And, of course, I know him best as Sheriff Lobo from, from BJ and the Bear and, of course, his spinoff series, uh, <laughs> Sheriff Lobo, and Homer Simpson's favorite show. And he passed away in 1994, which I always think about that. I'm like, God, that was so long ago. <laughs> yeah, that's so long ago. But do you have anybody you want to mention or anything yeah. like that? No. Okay. Well, what we're going to do is we're going to go into the film. I'll get into some of this stuff later on. I have some problems with timeline stuff in this. I'll kind of maybe touch on some of this stuff as we go. We open on a uh, text. It says this is North America, 2670 AD. We see, you know, it's like out in the mountainous kind of area with a you know, little lake, stream or whatever. And the lawgiver is standing out there reading he is reading from like a scroll. He says, was it, in the beginning, God created beast and man so that they might live in friendship and share dominion over, over a world at peace. But in the fullness of time, evil men betrayed God's trust and in dis disobedience waged bloody wars, not only against their own kind, but against the apes. They reduced to slavery. Then God in his wrath sent a savior born of two apes from our future. Man was afraid due to apes being able to speak. Man was afraid of apes due to being mm -hmm. able to speak. Then we kind of start going into some flashbacks of the previous two movies. Like a lot of flashbacks. Yes. It's a, yeah. It's about 10 minutes. Uh, yeah. It, it feels like it is. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't, it was probably not far from it. It feels like. And, you know, we see scenes of, like, Cornelius and Zira being killed from escape. Then we hear the lawgiver saying the child survived to become Caesar and it began an uprising. Then we get clips from Conquest. We get a good smattering of uh, clips from Conquest. I guess they had to fill out the runtime on this movie or something. Lawgiver talks about after the uprising, the world, basically the world kind of, I guess, started World War Three. That's what I'm kind of gathering. It was like a nuclear war. He says like Caesar basically led the survivors to like greener pastures, you know, hide out and maybe start a new life after the fallout. 
so ape and man could live together. This is basically a flashback story from mm -hmm. what the lawgiver's telling. And then we flash back and then we cut to our credit scene of an ape riding through, riding horseback through, like, I guess the countryside. Did you talk about him calling Caesar? Call him Caesar? Well, well it, before it cuts that, it says, yet in the aftermath of his victory, the surface of the world was ravaged by the vilest war in human history, which you were talking about. That. Yeah, yeah. And the great cities of the world split asunder and were flattened. And out of one such city, our Savior led a remnant of those who survived in search of greener pastures yeah. where ape and human might forever live in friendship according to divine, to divine will. His name was Caesar, and this is his story from those far-off days. Yeah, well, I, I, I kind of said that, <clears> but <throat> I didn't get as much into detail. But yeah, that's basically what it is. And then, like I said, that's when we cut to the credits, and we have an ape riding horseback through the countryside. Come to find out, this is Aldo. He basically rides into the village. There's like This is just like a small place they've made to live. There's like tree houses you know, and huts and various things. And one thing you notice uh, in this is that things are a little bit more the opposite of what they were. The humans are working in there and mm -hmm. the apes are, don't seem to be really doing as much, if anything at all. The humans seem to be slaves. Even though it seems like they're treated a little more humanely, Mm -hmm. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Depending on who. Well, yeah, it depends on who you run into. This ape who, well, actually it's a gorilla stops. And of course, this is General Aldo because there's some humans trying to put a wagon wheel on a wagon and they're having trouble with it. And then Aldo just kind of comes in there and bullies his way in like, I'll show you how to do it. And then he lifts the wagon up with his back and they put the wagon wheel on. And of course, you know, the humans. I appreciate, you know, thanks, Aldo, you know, and everything. And then he just kind of just buffs that on to his general Aldo to you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and yeah. He's always so, got to uh, correct everybody because yeah, that's who he is. Yeah, that's his uh, identity. And he's got a big chip on his shoulder. And you can just tell right away, okay, he does not like humans. And then we cut to, I guess, what is like an ape school mm -hmm. and with a human teacher. And this is where Aldo kind of starts to come in. I guess he was late for class or something, as most of us, uh, I was when I was a kid. <laughs> and he comes in. Students there are being taught ape shouldn't, shall never kill ape. They're kind of like chanting it. Yeah, yeah. Just, <laughs> yeah. Aldo says something like, or shall ape ever kill man? Or yeah. something like that. You know, he's with his gorilla group. And you notice in this movie, once again, like even in the original, all the gorillas sat together. All the chimpanzees sat together. Mm -hmm. It's like they're in their own little cliques yep. here. You get this impression even more that Aldo is just like what Zero called the gorillas. Just dumb. They just, they're just fighters. They don't. Muscle. Yeah, muscle. Brainless they, muscle. Yeah, they just don't care. Aldo, was it, he doesn't want to read in front of class because he can't really do it. But the teacher keeps telling him he has to be there. Caesar says he has to be there. Yes, yes. He just has no interest in learning. Yeah. And that's what the teacher tells him, that you don't want to learn. And then we see one of the apes kind of make a joke about the gorillas, that they're more about writing than reading or something like that. I think it's something along those lines. Yeah. 
then the teacher goes up and we come to find out this is a uh, Cornelius. This is Caesar's son. You know, he says something along the lines of like, you're Caesar's son, you know, you know, you should act as such, you know, kind of something along those yeah, lines. Yeah, you're his heir. Yeah, you're his heir. Then the teacher just is like, okay, I want you to take uh, your parchment and your chalk and write down, you know, write this down mm -hmm. so we can hang it up up here on a hook. Of course, you know, Aldo has to get his little jab in. Like, I know what I'd want to hang up there on the hook. So, yeah. He's, it's uh, kind of, we've, we've circled back to how, like, in the first movie, yeah. how the gorillas were. Yes, exactly. They're always dickheads. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's it. That's <laughs> They're always, it. ugh. That's it. And then we cut to a scene around out in Nate Village, and Virgil is walking around, and he's got, like, a few people with him. I guess these are maybe some of his students, and he's talking about... Basically about the speed of light and traveling through time. It's kind of like a time dilation that he's discussing. It's very, it's kind of like stuff that Dr. Hasseline was talking about in the third movie. You know, uh, I guess about like time loops and yeah. stuff like that. And he's talking about that to his students. And of course, you know, you could tell Virgil was kind of a very wise I think he's like a chimpanzee. He's just, he's very, the chimpanzees yeah, seem to be the wise. He's a orangutan. orangutan, that's right. And yeah. he's he's very wise. Mm -hmm. you, you can see that. And then we cut back to the class and Aldo is there, sitting there. You could tell he's having trouble writing because, you know, he's all brawn and no brains. And then Cornelius, you know, he gets up and he goes over and turns his paper in to the teacher and the teacher reads it, and he says, he says, well, this is wrong. Eight shall not kill Abe. And the teacher is like, well, this is wrong. You put uh, a B here instead of a P. And Cornelius is like, well, no. He said, I meant to do that because nobody should hurt. You know, basically saying nobody should hurt you. His name is Abe. And then the teacher just looks at it, and he's like, yeah. I guess people call me teacher so much I forget my own real name at mm -hmm. times. And you can see that Cornelius is got a good soul to him he's a he's a he's definitely a good good kid aldo is asked to bring his paper up next he brings his paper up the teacher just looks at it and the teacher's like well this isn't right this you know these uh letters are curved the wrong way and everything <laughs> else then aldo just starts getting agitated really quick and he picks up cornelius's paper and looks at it and just starts ripping it up and the and, teacher screams, no, no, Aldo, no. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, every, it's almost like every ape in the village lot turns around and you hear, because that pans yeah. back to the movie before yeah, where, where they kind of yeah. brainwashed them with that word. And, you know, Aldo's sitting there, every, I mean, all the apes that heard this are stunned. Virgil just kind of walks up to him and says, you spoke into unspeakable. You shouldn't have done that. You're not allowed to say no. Caesar, it says Caesar forbid that word. No human can say no to an ape, but an ape can say no to a human. Virgil basically tells him, tell Aldo you're sorry. And he says, I'll put in a good word for you with Caesar. Go home before you yeah. don't have a home to go to. Yeah. I'm like, wow. Yeah, I know. I mean, that's very that's strict. Serious. That's very strict. And of course, the teacher tries to apologize to Aldo, but Aldo's having none of it. Yep. He's angry and he just starts trashing the school. And the teacher just bolts off. And he's running through the village, and Aldo and all the apes are chasing him down. 
they finally catch up with the teacher just outside this uh like tree house this is where caesar comes out see this is apparently he's right there in front of caesar's mm -hmm. home and the gorillas you know have the teacher and they say they just want to take him and throw him in the corral caesar but caesar says no basically he says uh, I, i'm the law here he's like yeah. the judge dread of uh this uh, village here <laughs> i am the law he wants to know why they want to put the teacher in there. Virgil comes up and tells Caesar kind of what happened and everything. You know, then we see uh, McDonald uh, steps out. You know, he's, uh, I guess he's apparently been there with Caesar. And McDonald tells the teacher, you know, that word is forbidden. And teacher says he knows. He Basically, the teacher says he just kind of lost, lost his tongue, I guess, you know, due to you know, Aldo destroying Cornelius's paper yeah. that he had, you know. Mm -hmm. Basically, Caesar's just like, no, no. Caesar's a little bit more of an even keel than mm -hmm. uh, the eight, uh, the gorillas. I mean, he still thinks that's horrible, but he knows him as a person, and yeah. he knows he didn't mean to yeah, do that. Yeah, I know. And it's like I said, he can see that it wasn't a malicious thing no. on the teacher's part. You know, the, eight, the gorillas, just like, they just let him go, and they just take off on their horses but before the oh yeah before the eight or the gorillas take off caesar says i want y'all to put the school back the way it was before, before you leave before yeah. you leave i want yeah i want it back the way it was of course the gorillas kind of scoff at this but naturally they got to do it and then they ride off cornelius is there with caesar and he asks uh he wants to go out and play since the classes are done today Caesar's like, well, can't you study at home? You know, you can do it there. And Cornelius is kind of, uh, yes. And then Caesar's like, eh, just go on out and play. It's fine. You know, just to go out and enjoy your day. <laughs> then uh, Virgil, uh, you know, says, well, if you don't mind, I'd like to go back to teaching my students as well and everything. And Caesar says, yeah, go right on ahead. And Caesar kind of just looks over at McDonald and kind of notices that he's concerned. He says, well, you know, it's basically all those hate and that it could not only be for humans. Yeah, he's just a he's, angry person. He's just very angry yeah. gorilla. As the movie goes on, you see he has every right to be concerned about this. There's a scene of the gorillas leaving on the horses and they nearly run over Caesar. That's right. That's right. I forgot about that. So you can tell that all those silently challenging Caesar, yeah. but he's not quite confident enough to go head, at, yeah. head to head with him yet. Yeah, I think that's just a thing. I mean, since trying to overthrow him is probably not in his best move right now, even though mm -hmm. he wants to do it. He's just waiting when he can make his own play, I think. And then we cut into uh, the Caesar estate here in this <laughs> tree house, and he's in there watering plants and He's like talking to McDonald, you know, if his parents were alive, if he should destroy all evil, so good could prevail. If uh, that's what he thinks, that's what his parents would tell him. But then, you know, McDonald says, well, you know, human history shows. And he's starting to go talking about this kind of thing. And then uh, Caesar stopped, not human history, ape history. He said, basically, apes never kill ape. Like, you know, when what they was writing on the parchment there. Mm -hmm. McDonald just you know, kind of just lets that go. And, and then he gives Caesar like a list of their winter supplies and everything just shows them what they have on hand. 
McDonald just says, well, I'm going to get ready to head on now. He says, like, I'm hungry enough to eat a horse. <laughs> and then Lisa is standing there. This is Caesar's wife, of course, and she's stunned by this and like a horse. <laughs> and Caesar says, they, you know, Caesar, they eat anything, anything or living, basically. Yeah, yeah. they used to eat all sorts of things. Dead cattle, oh, dead yeah, chickens, yeah, yeah. dead pigs, dead yeah. fish. Mm-hmm. You know, he says, well, I guess we can just go on and home and chew nuts at our master's command. He says, now we eat nuts and yeah. chew. It's like they're now more like vegetarian. Yeah, they don't yeah. eat meat. Yeah, They of, eat more like an ape diet. Yes, yes. You know, like you said, at our master's command. Caesar's like, we're not your masters. Yeah, but McDonald's like, we're not your equals either. Yeah, and that's a valid point. Caesar Primitive says that as they grow to trust humans, they will be our equals until we, you know, once we trust humans, basically, then we will consider them our equals. But like I said, I guess there's still not that trust. How long do you think it's been since oh, Conquest? Oh, God. I This this was going to get into a complicated thing because I mm. can't figure out stuff on this. This timeline in this movie is so sketchy that I can't figure out. Because well, you hear stuff, and then you'll hear something else that I'm trying to like, okay, how did this make sense? I thought they said 21 years or, so, or somebody. 27 years. 27, but Cornelius, they must have just didn't have him right away. No. How old is he? He's got to be maybe... Preteen? Yeah, maybe eight, nine. If you don't get into this right now, I can. We're going to get to a character, Mandemus. He's been in an armory for 27 years. They, that's right. Yeah, he's okay. been living there. But then you find out Virgil was taught by Mandinus. And Virgil seems like an older... Orangutan. Yeah. I'm just like, when did they acquire... All of them acquired the ability to speak. Yeah. Shouldn't have taken a while. And everything. Like I said, the timeline in this is very dodgy. And, yeah. and don't even get me started on McDonald's. <laughs> because if this is 27 years, even if this is his brother who was roughly around the same age, wouldn't he look a lot older than what yeah. he is? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So this is one of the movies that if you start thinking about the timeline too much, you'll drive yourself nuts. I just so. wondered because you just seem like, you know, they would get married and have kids right away. It just yeah, seems like that's it's true, been but a maybe very long they time. maybe they waited till they got everything established I and guess. stuff like that because if you're going by what this is, uh, that nuclear war happened shortly after that uprising and everything. Mm -hmm. And then they probably had to just try to gather as many people as they could and try to set up uh, establishments and stuff yeah. like that. So maybe it's about like not trying to start families until you got yourself set in a certain place. I was wondering. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I was actually going to get into that. <laughs> but, you know, but you just brought, uh, brought it up sooner. And last, but basically going back to that, you know, Caesar says, you know, as time goes on, you know, they trust humans as equals. You know, it'll take some time, but eventually we will, you know, till the end of the world. And McDonald says, well, maybe that might be sooner than you think. And then Caesar's like, well, you're just such a pessimist. <laughs> you know, Caesar basically has this whole thing where he just feels like Earth will be safe till the end of time with apes in charge. He says, Virgil says time has no end. So I can't believe you, basically. And then uh, McDonald says, would you believe it if you heard it from your parents? Mm -hmm. He says, what do you mean? He says, that's not possible. Caesar's like, are my parents still alive? 
And McDonald's like, no, but their images and their voices are. But you don't really know what he's talking about yet. Caesar's like, McDonald, if you're going to talk of my mother and father, don't talk in riddles. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Can I see them? Can I hear them? Armando told me only that they came out of the future. Can they give me knowledge? And McDonald says, you can see them, you can hear them, and they can give you knowledge. So when McDonald tells them about the archives in the city. The dead city. The dead city. And he said there, down there, he talks about how his brother, Matt, from the previous film, told him about these archives down there. Which is very odd to me. Why didn't, I, I mean, I think from what I understand, they couldn't get the same actor back to play McDonald. That's awesome. Why did they just recast him? Yeah, recast him and say this is just McDonald. That's when, until you told me, that's what I thought they did. Yeah, yeah. Because I just said, well, here's the black dude that was in the yeah. the one before. And yeah. you were like, no, that's his brother. I was like, well, who's his brother? Well, that's why I know. <laughs> I just thought that overcomplicated things. And I'm just like, why would, why did not just make that McDonald from the previous movie? I mean, just, you yeah. know, so sometimes you have to read, like, they had to recast uh, Riley McDowell in the second one for, uh, you know, a little bit. So I'm just like, why not just say this is McDonald? You know, it's yeah. just a different actor. That would have been really confusing if you hadn't seen any of the other movies. Yeah. You'd be like, yeah. okay. Yeah, I just didn't understand that uh, decision, but they did know, it. Yeah, they did it. <laughs> Uh, but as I say, he told his, his brother told him about it, and he knows where they are. Uh, and Caesar's like, but the city was flattened. The bomb left nothing. And McDonald's like, except the archives, because they were underground and designed to survive the impact of a 10 megaton overblast. And once Caesar hears this, he's kind of gung-ho, like, okay, I want to go. And he then, says something sweet. He says, I want to see what they look like, McDonald." As every orphan does, I want to hear what they thought and knew. Yeah. Aww. Yeah, yeah. Which, you know, is understandable. McDonald says, well, the city's radioactive. So that's the yeah. downside to it. Then they just talk about, well, is there any, it seems like any humans around know anything about radioactivity? And it's like, no. McDonald says no, but then they all see, at the same time, like, yeah, Virgil. Virgil knows. He knows everything. Yeah, he knows everything. Yeah, go, go round him up. You know, he'll be of help here. <laughs> then we cut to a little while later. Lisa, uh, Caesar and Lisa are there talking, and he's talking about, he says, you know, you remember your parents, basically. Mm -hmm. He says, and he wants to know his, even if it's just this little bit to yeah. to get to know who, who they are. You know, she's naturally worried about the trip, but she kind of understands where he's coming from, too. Because mm -hmm. I guess her in his position, she would want to know, too. So she understands yeah. where he's coming from. And she's like, well, can you at least go talk to Cornelius before you leave? Yeah, because you know? I don't want him to see that I'm uh, upset. You know, upset. Yeah. And then he goes in there to wake up Cornelius, and he tells uh, Cornelius he's going on a journey. One of the first things out of uh, the boy's mouth is, uh, well, can you bring me back something? <laughs> and Caesar's like, well, what, what do you want? And this is very telling of this kid. It's not something for him. He yeah. says, can you bring me back some nuts for my squirrel? You know, yeah, you had seen him playing with a little squirrel. Arlie has a pet squirrel. Yeah, you know, so it's Ricky. not, yeah, Ricky the squirrel. <laughs> so, you know, like I said, you can see it's not something technically for him. It's something for mm -hmm. his pet. He does the sweetest thing. He says, 
Cornell says, like, he's a growing boy about his squirrel. And Caesar's like, so are you. And then he just takes his hand, his uh, Cornelius's hand, and puts it again. It says, gee. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Cornel uh, Caesar's such a sweet mm -hmm. father, you can tell. Yeah, yeah, you, you can tell that he just is all, you know, he, he really loves his son. Mm -hmm. And he says something, what is this? Uh, One day you'll be as tall as a king. Yeah. And then we cut to, we're outside this shack. It's, uh, this is uh, Virgil and Caesar and McDonald. And they're knocking on and this thing. And I, they're looking for, I guess this is a, a chimpanzee or a, He's an orangutan. orangutan named Mandemus. And they're like, is he asleep? And they said, well, not eternally, I, I hope. You know, basically. <laughs> Mandemus is basically he. This is the armory, and yeah. he protects the guns. There. He lives. He there. lives in there. Then Mandemus comes up there, and he asks. You know, Caesar says, you know, ask for weapons, and then Mandemus is like, why? <laughs> uh, then it's like protection uh, in the in pursuit of knowledge. Self protection against uh, whom or what? Whom or what? So <laughs> he's Man drilling them. Mandemus is playing hardball with the guns. Well, here. you've got to have a good reason for him <laughs> to give you yeah, a gun. Right. Yeah, you better sell it to him. <laughs> he says, "I don't know what we're protecting ourselves against." And he says, "What's the point of protecting yourself against the danger of which you have no knowledge? In pursuit of knowledge, you don't uh, possess." McDonald's just he groans. He's like, "Oh God, oh, God. Here, here, yeah, we're gonna be here for a while, so hunker down." <laughs> and Demas is, is, "Is this knowledge for good or evil?" And Virgil's like, "All knowledge is for good. Only the use to which you put it can be good or evil." Well, that's accurate. Good answer. Yeah, that's a very good answer. You know, man, Demas, like, yeah, good point. Good point. <laughs> Caesar's just like, you know, can we hurry this up? I want to get started before the sun, <laughs> before the sun rises, basically. You know, then Mandemus is like, well, you know, Caesar has made me not only the keeper of the armory, but the keeper of his conscience. And that's what he says. That's why I asked six boring questions. Uh, now a seventh, you know, <laughs> uh, oh God, before issuing or not issuing weapons. And then he asked, what is knowledge? What is the knowledge that you seek? McDonald's like knowledge of Earth's fate recorded on tapes and archives of a forbidden city. And Caesar goes, which is contaminated Native. but may still be inhab inhabited by humans and then mandamus is just like okay come in good enough reason yeah yeah i know i guess uh, <laughs> that, 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 i guess they sold it you know and i like the thing about mandamus mandamus it's not like he's a big bulky like gorilla or something like you, he's you old not get by. He's, he's just an old codger but you gotta outthink <laughs> him to get into the armory you know you better have a good reason or like nope sorry you're not well, coming he in. takes his job serious yeah well that's it like, <laughs> like a lot of people should nowadays unfortunately we need a mandemus where i work you know you are mandemus uh, i feel like it i'm getting his age that's for sure <laughs> walk in and the uh, Mandamus, uh, you know, hands them out, you know, guns and, you know, ammunition. And I think uh, Virgil, I think, asked for a Geiger counter. This is where some of my notes get a little dodgy because I have a little black and white ape messing with me. They're mm -hmm. talking about something about like, you know, Mandamus talks about, well, I don't know anything about the afterlife or anything. But if it was true, everybody would be committing suicide so that we could go and enjoy it if it was true. <laughs> that's like I said, that's, that's a valid point. 
but like I said, the uh, all three of them kind of get their gear. Uh, and I think this is a point too where they ask for a pistol for McDonald because he might want to shoot himself up. Well, they asked for three pistols. Yeah, three pistols. There you go. One for each of them. And they're like, well, McDonald might want to shoot, cook, and eat a rabbit. And then Demas is like, you need three pistols to shoot one rabbit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he hands him the one pistol. <laughs> Smith and Wesley. Yeah, and he says, enjoy your dinner. As they're leaving, McDonald, I guess, is basically like, man, he's old, but boy, he's got a mind like a razor. Yeah, I mean, that's it. I mean, yeah, you, you're not going to, he, he's going to question you and, you know, grill you down good. That's for sure. <laughs> this is where Virgil says, when I was a boy, he was my teacher. Timelines. He would be younger. Yeah, this timeline in this movie is very all over the place. Yeah. I, you know, but I'll get into why I think that is when mm -hmm. we get into uh, yeah. our, final, our trivia on this and everything. Then we kind of cut to just, you know, uh, we see Virgil, Caesar, and McDonald. They're starting their journey on foot to the city. This is, I, sp I guess, supposed to be similar to the original movie where they were walking yep. through. The, mm -hmm. the astronauts were walking through yep. uh, the land. And then they finally get to this place and they find the city. Mm -hmm. And you can see it and it's been, yeah, it's been trashed. And he says, basically, a bomb from, you know, a thousand times the size of ours. You, you can tell this was definitely a nuclear blast. And then they make their way into the wreckage of the city and they start to go down below. But Donald is kind of leading the way because he seems to kind of know where he's going. Then he kind of looks around. Down there he says, well, this is 11th Avenue here. He says, eight management was two blocks east. He says the archive was west up this way. And Virgil's there using the Geiger counter to, I guess, to check the radiation levels as they're walking around. And they make their way toward the archives. And then we cut to, I guess, a little further underground. And we see groups of men locked down working in the kind of the bowels or below the city. Yeah. And you can see the faces of the people are scarred, like mm. burned. All have hats on. You know, you can assume maybe radiation poisoning. Mm -hmm. They don't have hair now, yeah. something like that. They're affected by the radiation that's yeah. still there. Then we go up into, I guess, like his command center. And then we see Colt is there. And he's walking around. Another question, too. 27 years, wouldn't he be a lot older than what yeah. he is now? It yeah. looks exactly the same. Well, I guess <laughs> radiation kind of keeps you. Pretty well, you know. Maybe you don't age as fast. I don't. I don't. I don't think that's right. But yeah, he was the lieutenant of that governor. Yeah, but now Brick. he now he is governor. You find out the pe these people have been here for years, basically just cut off from the outside. At least twenty seven years mm -hmm. up under this uh, place. I mean, I guess you can operate under the assumption that they never come out. You know, they've just been there all this time. Virgil and uh, Caesar and McDonald, they keep going further down, trying to find where exactly the archives are. Virgil's looking at the Geiger counter, and he says, we need to be out of here within the next couple of hours, just, I guess, due to the levels of radiation in that place, pretty high. And then we cut back to the command center, and Culp is just talking to one of his subordinates there, talking about, well, this is just a ghost city, you know, we need to kind of put some flesh on it. 
and you know, I think this person says what radioactive flesh, and he says all, all radiated but active at least, mm-hmm. you know. Well, yeah, for now, I mean, to me, it shocks me. He's mean people are still alive down here, yeah, you know, 27 years up underground with radiation. Were they under there and that's how they survived? Well, you said you got to remember down below. Mm-hmm. McDonald said it could withstand mm-hmm. a 40 megaton blast. But he said the archive section. Yeah, but he didn't they, say the whole. Yeah, but they they are down in that area anyway. Oh, okay. Yeah, because uh, they're not that because you notice like here in a little bit they're not that far away from the archives area. Mm-hmm. So I guess they were down below when the blast hit, but still the radiation could have seeped in there and leaked mm-hmm. in there. You might survive, but the radiation's still going to yeah. get in there. And then uh, McDonald and uh, Caesar and are going further down, and the Geiger counter is starting to get stronger. Virgil's like, well, we need to really hurry here. Yeah. You know, we really need to hurry. And then they walk by a little, I guess what you call a silent alarm trigger, and they don't even know it. Camera there, and about the time they set the alarm off, and uh, Culp is in his uh, command center there and sees it, they, you know, start pulling up the monitors. And he says, like, is there an F6? And then uh, Colt calls uh, Mendez and tells him F6 has been breached. And he says, it's not scavengers. He said, well, it's been locked away for years. You yeah, know, so nobody's never used it. You know, we never use it. And that's when, you know, like I said, they're looking at the monitors, pulling up the monitors. And to see who it is course you know they finally get visual on them and then mm-hmm. cult recognizes caesar and he says well so was he come back to reclaim his kingdom then we cut back to caesar and virgil they kind of stop and start sniffing around and then they said it's like some scent but not like the others and there's like what a human scent it's mm-hmm. like they can smell they can sense somebody around like humans I guess humans have that odor. And then we cut back to Colt looking at the monitors. And then, of course, you know, he says, yeah, the black man is the brother of my predecessor. Personal assistant. Personal assistant, which would have been simplified, said, oh, well, that's McDonald. Well, he said he used to supervise archives. Yeah, supervise archives. Well, that's why it makes me wonder if that they did that to, because maybe McDonald's brother worked in the archives. Yeah. That's why he knows it. Yeah. But like I said, they could have simplified it and said that McDonald just knew where the archives <laughs> were. They could have just simplified all that. I don't know why. what the point of that was. Culp's like, I don't recognize the orangutan. Then uh, Caesar and everybody gets into the archives. McDonald, they're starting to look around, and McDonald says, look for anything that says presidential commission tapes. They looking around, and then Virgil comes across of it, uh, like presidential commission on alien, like somebody like alien visitors or something yeah. like that. <laughs> McDonald's like, yep, that's it right there. Mm-hmm. And then they get ready to, you know, get everything prepared to put it up so that they can watch it. Back in the command center, Colt gets a group of people together and to send them out. He says, but don't shoot to kill. He says, we won't interrogate them. You know, he wants to know why they're here. Basically. Mm-hmm. You know, do not kill them. Mendez says that, you know, well, if we shoot, we're going to be breaking 12 years of peace. 
Here's another question that I have. Have apes been here before? What's this piece that he's talking about? Because when he first came in the room, he was talking about we need to go after him. And he's like, are there any of them? Yeah. You know, it's like they didn't know they were out there. And I'm trying to figure out what this 12 years of peace is, what yeah. he's talking about. I, knew, I, I particularly wrote that down. I'm just like, so have apes been here before? Has there been fighting between them and apes or fighting? Yeah, I just don't. I, yeah, that, yeah, that's very vague. Timelines are weird. Then uh, Culp is like, yeah, it has been boring, hasn't it? <laughs> and then we cut back into the archives room and Caesar and her, they're watching the tapes of Zira and Cornelius. It's almost like it's their voices, but it's just pictures. It's not like yeah, a video. not like a video. Not like a video itself. Yeah. And then, of course, we come to find out that they come from 3950, which, when did this movie start? Well, it was 26-something A.D. Yeah, 26-something A.D. So, this is, what, thousand-some-odd years after where they come from? So, like I said, he sends the people off to find out if there's more when we get to them. He says there's only three for now, but he said there might be more. But he says, of course, we'll find out when we get a hold of them. And Caesar is just like looking at the images and he's like Caesar's father, you know. Then he finds out about how the apes, basically he listens to how the apes acquired speech from hearing the word no. And after he hears all this stuff, this information, Caesar says, well, I know why they wanted him aborted. Parents killed. In 3950, apes will destroy Earth. That's what he kind of came back from all this information, which technically the apes didn't destroy the earth. Uh, Taylor destroyed the earth. Yep. <laughs> yeah, if you want to get technical about it. <laughs> yeah, because the apes uh, didn't uh, set the bomb off. Now, they ain't saying they wouldn't have. Taylor beat them to it. So, you know, so technically, no, it wasn't. Uh, so the, the people that were in that cave in the first one or the second one beneath. Yeah. yeah. Are these descendants of these people? If you watch Beneath again, like one of the groups is the Order of Mendez. And who's the one guy? Mendez. Mendez. Yeah. So, so it's not the same man, but it's probably, these are probably descendants, descendants of him. Yeah. And they carried that deformity. Yeah, it was. Time yeah. goes on and they were staying around that bomb more right. and more. They were becoming mm -hmm. more and more deformed mm -hmm. into that. Like I said, Caesar's like talking about how the apes will destroy the earth. And then Virgil's like, well, gorillas. But it's only one future that you're looking at. Basically, what is it from even the Terminator to your future's mm -hmm. not set? You can change it. You can change your future. He's just talking about like you could go out the door and get killed. Yeah. But like leave just a tad bit less time yeah, and and yeah not, not yeah there you go he's like you know that the future has many lanes and yeah. you can change lanes yeah that's right that's which i believe that's basically what he said yeah. you know you can you know different lanes running from past to future he says you know like you're saying you can leave a room now maybe get shot dead but yeah. leave it a minute later and then you won't mm -hmm. you know you just don't know and then we cut to the soldiers making their way down to the archives, and then Caesar and all of them hear them come. Yeah. Then they start to hear a whirling noise, and then they turn around, they see that camera moving around behind them, and then Virgil just 
mows that thing down. You know, I mean, he don't waste no time. Virgil's a little trigger happy right here. And he just, you know, plows that thing with a machine gun. And then Virgil's like, oh, sorry. I guess now they do know we're here now, you know. And then they just kind of go somewhere and they try to hide and they know they need to find another way out. As a cult soldiers get down closer into the archives, cult just basically announces like, you know, no, he, now he just wants them dead. Just don't, don't let them escape. Take them out by any means necessary. Caesar and them go through these, uh, just trying to find their way out. They go through some places, almost like a barracks kind yeah. of thing where these, uh, people are sleeping. Some of these people just like, almost like zombies just reach out and grab Virgil. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and he's like, oh, you know. <laughs> he's and, so little. Yeah, and um, Caesar and him get him, and uh, McDonald get uh, Virgil away from him, and they just take off down a corridor. They just continue to move as these troops are just getting closer and closer to them. About that time, the soldiers start firing on uh, Donald and Caesar and him, and they're, as they're making their way out, and I said, Colt, he just keeps on saying, I want him dead. I want him dead. They're sitting there hiding, trying to look around on the way out, and McDonald finds a way out up above them. It's like a little stairwell, and then he pops his hatch and gets out. As he's pulling Virgil out, Caesar grabs a water hose, and as these soldiers get closer, he just turns the hose on and just, you know, I guess the force of that water <laughs> yeah, hose, he just them spray, sprays them down. And then uh, Caesar makes his escape out the, uh, up the port that he found. They go along and then they finally get to the point where they're outside and they're running away. As they're running away, they're being shot at. They're, they're, yeah. These uh, people, these humans or mutants or whatever you want to call them, they're pre-mutants, I guess you could say, <laughs> and they're being shot at. And of course, then naturally they get away. We cut back to Colt, who's inside. He said, well, how could you let them get away? You're a hundred armed men and you know this area. You know, <laughs> basically, how could you let them out? Like I was like, they were fast and smart. Yeah. And he says our men were sick, which they are. I mean, I can imagine being exposed to that kind of radiation. You would stay sick all the time. And he says they were smart and they surprised us. And then, well, he said the chimp surprised us. And Colt was like, yeah, I know. He surprised me once. And he says he's only, an, he's only an animal. He's an animal. Only an animal. He, you know, Mendes says he is smart. He can talk. Yeah, he's, he says he's more than an animal. He yeah. can speak. So, so can they all. Colt says, well, what, the speech make him human? Mm. And Mendes <laughs> says, well, maybe not human, but makes them intelligent. It's like he's telling Colt, you're underestimating them because they can think. Colt's wanting to place them like you're, they're just animals. They don't know what they're doing. Mendes keeps pointing out, they're intelligent. They can speak. That means they can think. They can outthink us. If we like he them. didn't learn his lesson from when they just plan total yeah. anarchy in yeah. the last movie and got yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. So he doesn't seem to realize that it wasn't that they overrun them by not only force, but they thought things out, too. They planned it. Mendez, like, speech makes them intelligent, and intelligence makes them not human, but humane. Perhaps they came in peace. Colt says they were armed. They were armed, and he says, well, maybe that's for self-protection. I like this this scene right here okay. because it gets repeated later with the other side. Oh, okay. The yeah. way that they see each other, they don't trust each other. Mm -hmm. So he says, well, maybe they came in peace, and, and Colt says, well, they were armed. Mendez is like, from what we saw on the monitor, only for their self-protection. Let them return in peace. And we'll circle yeah. back to this same conversation with the apes later. Yeah. And he says, let them go back in peace to where they live. 
and then Colt's like, well, so so they can come back to kill us? Uh, what's her name? Ar- Arma? Alma. Alma mentions to Colt that they can't be far. Because they came with only a few provisions. Yeah. Um, so they, where they are from, they, they can't be too far away. Colt says, we'll send out some scouts to go out looking for them to see where they went. And then I think Mendez is like, well, why? He says, so we can exterminate them. <laughs> I'm going to get you before you get me. Well, that's pretty much it. And the apes are like, I'm going to get you before you get me. Well, they, that's it. <laughs> they don't trust each other. Yeah, they don't. That's and it. they shouldn't. They shouldn't. <laughs> no, they shouldn't. And then as uh, Virgil and uh, Caesar and McDonald, they're about, I guess, back toward the ape village there. All of a sudden, they're jumped on by gorillas. They just <laughs> uh, These gorillas just come out of nowhere, find out it's all the... You know, once they see who they are, they let them go, of course. And, like, you find out, why did, you know, then Aldo asks, why did you go to the city? It's forbidden. So he's like, well, I know. I forbade it. And he says, basically went looking for, looking into the past, but found our future. I think that's kind of what it was saying, basically. We went looking for the past, into my past, but found the future. I like what Aldo's like. Why did you not take yeah. soldiers? Why did you take them? And... Virgil's like, although if a king forbids his subjects to wear a crown, that doesn't mean he can't wear one himself. Caesar is Caesar. He went to the city for a purpose. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I actually had that. I had it a little bit further down. Which yeah. I'm pretty sure went right over Aldo's head. Well, Aldo, it does because he pretty much, Aldo just pulls a sword out and I said, I will make a future with this. Which just shows what they are. It's, the weapons. it's yep. about the weapons. They're all about the violence. Uh uh, Caesar says, then Aldo may soon be part of the past. Caesar and him just walk away and leave the gorillas kind of like, oh, what does that mean? You know? I like where Virgil, it says in my script, says he laughs out, but he was going, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a monkey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I forgot about that part too. Yeah. Then we are back in the eight village and Cornelius and a human uh, boy are just playing around, uh, playing war. You know, and everything, and and mm-hmm. uh, the uh, little boy shoots uh, Cornelius with a fake gun, and Cornelius plays dead. And Lisa hears, you know, Cornelius scream like he's hurt, and then she looks out and sees like sees him falling down. And she's like, well, "What, did, what Cornelius?" And she says, "I'm just, I'm we're playing, you know, and I just, I'm dead. You know? <laughs> I'm just dead, mom. And I'm just dead." <laughs> and then she tells him, you know. You're forbidden from playing this. What does your father tell you about yeah. playing with guns or, yeah. you know, yeah. trying to make a joke out of war? Yes. But it's not a joke. And then it's like, then she says something, I think, about like her father, uh, his father wants to see him, something yeah. like that. And they head back to their house. And as they do, then we kind of cut to a scene and these scouts apparently found the eighth village pretty quickly. Even though it's been there all this time, they never bothered to go out and look for it, you know, considering how easy they seem to have found it. What I understand is it was really close to that radiation place. Why yeah. wasn't radiation here? That's another question I had <laughs> in my notes. I mean, I, it could I, hit for miles well, and miles. a nuclear blast, yeah, the radiation would carry for a right. good way. So, I had that in my... <laughs> In my trivia, I had all some of the stuff I've already brought up, but I had that too. I, I had some things I'm just like, this is one of those, like I said, I'll get into probably why I think a lot of this They're is. within like walking distance. Yeah. yeah, because like I said, I mean, it seemed like they got there literally shortly after Caesar and them got back. 
you know, like I said, these scouts were just looking around, kind of looking at the progress that these people made. They got like gardens and they've got, you know, wagons. Yeah. They got everything. They you made know. a place to live. Yeah, they made a place. And then we cut to, I guess it's what you call ape council. They're outside. There's all factions of the apes are there, the chimpanzees, the mm -hmm. gorillas, all that. They're all in their own little groups. Yep. This is almost like Congress. <laughs> so Caesar up like on the main yeah. seat that yeah. looks down on everybody with yeah. Lisa and Cornelius. And then he just tells them basically what he's done. He says he went to the Forbidden City and he says he didn't take any gorillas or anything like that with him because it was a peaceful mission a jab at the gorillas saying yep i was taking y'all with me it would just been like kill everything and just be done with it yep he said he took mcdonald with him to uh kind of parlay with them and get permission to do the search but naturally things didn't happen that mm -hmm. way and then he talks about how there are survivors there and he says they're maimed and mutated and hostile inhuman he lets them know what they did find there as far as that. And I think... Aldo. Aldo. I was saying Urko. That's from the TV show. Oh, Aldo. I thought you were going to say... um Urkel? No, <laughs> what was the one from the original? Oh, uh, um, Ursus. Ursus. Yeah, I thought from, you were going to say from Ursus. Beneath. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he says, uh, do you think they followed you? And he says, no, I don't think they did, but we need to be prepared for the day when they may come. I don't know why Caesar was so naive there. I don't know either. I think he tries to think, because you remember earlier when he called McDonald a pessimist, I think Caesar tries to look on the good side of things. Yeah. You know, but you can't really. You, you got to be more down the middle. Yeah. You got to look at both the good and the bad. Because if I had been under there, like, rotting away with radiation, yeah. and I yeah. saw people that didn't look, like they had any deformities, yeah. mm -hmm. I'd be like, how are they living out there and we're down here? Yeah. That's what I would be thinking. Yeah. I would be coming straight out to find them. Exactly. And then about that time, you see uh, McDonald come into council with uh, some other humans. And then, uh, of course, the gorillas are like, you know, they start chanting no humans in council. Yeah. You know, so that just shows, yeah, like the humans aren't equals in this. You know, they're not allowed there in council. And, but then Caesar stops and says, no, I sent for them. So he like, we need need their help. And, you know, Gorilla's like, no. And the Gorilla's just like, you know, he says, I will not sit in the council with humans. Oh, jeez. And then, you know, of course, the Gorillas leave naturally, like the little butt heads that they are. Little man babies or yeah. whatever, like Gorilla babies. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And then Caesar says, well, he says, now let's just, let's get some plans made. Then we cut back to, I guess, the uh, Forbidden City, <clears throat> and the scouts return to tell Culp about uh, the Ape Village, and he tell, they tell him about what's there. You know, he says they built like a place to live. There's orchards, there's gardens. Enough and, to feed hundreds. Yeah, enough to feed hundreds. Culp says, well, so y'all weren't seen or anything, and it's like, no, the apes were in some kind of council, probably preparing for war, you know, something like that. And then Colt just said, that seems to be the thing, like, okay, I'm going after them now. But you know they're not really going after them. They're going after what they have. Yeah, pretty much. For Colt, too, in a way, this is a little bit of a personal thing. Yep, because Caesar. Because of Caesar. Yep. You know, because 
They he, had it made there. Yeah, yeah. He disrupted their little life of harmony mm-hmm. there. You know, so I think it's partially for what they have, but partially for Caesar. He wants too. to put Caesar in his place again. Colt tells Alma that we must either cage the beast or destroy the whole zoo. So pretty much it's like either we put them back in servitude or we have to destroy them. And if for some reason they defeat us, we have this. And then he points, he walks over to a bomb. So this is that Alpha Omega bomb that's yep. in beneath. Yep, that's, there it is. So there's the connection between the two groups of people. Yeah. They just carried it on. Yeah. Well, these are the early ones yeah. of that. And like I said, mm-hmm. as they evolved, they became yeah. what you've seen in beneath. Mm-hmm. Colt tells uh, Alma that here's the thing about it. He says, if necessary, if it becomes necessary, that he'll send her a coded radio signal. What is it? Kind of like, 50, and then 15 minutes later, range it to Ape City and activate it, then push this button. So he's like, basically, if I give you the signal, Blow that I mean something's gone wrong. You Not only will he destroy that ape village but he'll blow the world up with that thing too because yeah. that's what it did in beneath the, mm-hmm. the world was destroyed i don't know if this man knew that or if he was just like i don't care just drop it he says something which is almost like taylor he says if the impossible happens if we're defeated by the apes i will not surrender to an animal yeah. Remember, yeah. that's kind of how I like Taylor. I'll do it before I'll let you do it. Yeah, yeah. <gasps> yeah, exactly. Yep, that's it. Then we cut back to uh, the Ape Village, and then uh, Lisa is talking to Caesar and asks if he wants to live with humans in peace, then why, why is he so concerned about these? Then Caesar says, well, those in the Forbidden City are mad. And he says, they don't want peace or friendship he says they want war i think caesar pretty much yeah because these were people that were just shoot first ask questions later yeah but i felt like caesar he's got his eyes on the wrong thing he didn't see what was happening in his own home no no and like i said yeah he didn't see the fractured things that was going on in his own place because he was just focused on other things exactly I, i think he sees Aldo, but I don't think he thinks he would really go as far. I don't think so either. I think that he just... But you got to look at the thing. Caesar lives by that code. Eight will never kill eight. So he would think Aldo... He expects Aldo to. Aldo to follow that law too. Lisa then asks, well, how do you know, you know, that these uh, humans are, mm-hmm. you know, would cause a war? You know, because he's like, well, they opened fire on us. Yeah. With no chance to explain ourselves. And she's like, but you were trespassing. This is that scene. Yeah. That I'm talking about that. Yeah. That it circles with her. She yeah. says exactly what Culp said. Yeah. Or, or what Mendez said. Yeah. So they're both suspicious of each other. Didn't even try to communicate with each other. It's like there, there's not even a thought of peace anyway. No, no. Well, this like is- they just... This is how societies are. You're just like, okay, they're here. They're obviously here to kill us, even though that's not why they were there. No, no. And now he's like, well, they they came, you know, they're mad and insane. And, and she's like, but did you ask them? And yeah. he says, no. And she's like, but you were in their home. 
It's the same thing. Yeah, it's the same thing. Same thing. Yeah. Except they just didn't choose to communicate to each other. And, of course, Caesar's different than Culp. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really believe Caesar wasn't there to do anything. No, he just wanted to look at the archives Mm -hmm. and that's it. You know, but like I said, Lisa says, but but you were trespassing in this place. And Caesar's like, well, we didn't know the city was inhabited exactly. We weren't sure. But he says, but these people here are malformed. He says, they're almost like the freaks in this foster father's circus. Then we see Cor- Cornelius get up and he, he's like walking around and he's like, oh, I'm sorry. You know, he's basically he's getting water for a squirrel. Yeah, Ricky the squirrel. He asks, what's malformed? Lisa's like, go to bed, Cornelius. He's like, well, I'm, I'm getting water for Ricky. Yeah. It says Cornelius, like, basically, these uh, freaks are different. These are people, these people are products of nuclear radiation. He says they're mutants and they're mad. Then we cut back to uh, the uh, uh, humans in the city there, and Colt tells Alma he will send signal if needed. They're yeah. getting ready to saddle up and go. They have jeeps, vehicles, and a school bus. So, yeah, a school bus. A 70s school bus. Yes. <laughs> when it shows it. Which, um, I wish they would have did something more with the school bus than what this, like a school bus, really. I mean, now, if it would have been like one of these Mad Max souped up school spikes buses. On it. Spikes on it. Or rockets on it or something. No, they just literally like rode on a vacation, like yeah, a, on a, yeah. a trip. Yeah, like a school bus. I don't know. That's just, that was very odd to me. And they get in their vehicles and they head on out. To Ape City or uh, or the uh, Ape Village here, and they leave Mendez and Alma behind. Those are the only two left there, I'm assuming. And then we cut to night at the uh, Ape Village, and Cornelius is laying there sleeping. Then he knows this squirrel Ricky just runs out. Well, when he was giving him water, he noticed he forgot to shut the door. That's right. That's right. He forgot to shut the little cage door. That's right. Yeah. So Ricky splits. Yeah, Ricky. Ricky takes. I'm out of here. Yeah, I'm out of here. I'm going outside. (laughs) Cornelius goes after him, and he's like kind of just going through the trees and everything, you know, trying to catch him and everything. And as Cornelius makes his way through the trees, he heads to where the apes are camped out. The gorillas. The gorillas, I mean. The yeah. Gorillas. They're all apes. Yeah. yeah, they're all apes. But yeah, these are specifically the gorillas. They're having some kind of meeting. Cornelius is sitting there listening. Then Aldo is there. And basically, he's plotting to get the guns with the other gorillas. Mm-hmm. He says, we need power and we need guns. He says, an army without guns has no power. We need power. Yeah. And guns are power. We shall get them. We shall keep them. And then he says, basically, to smash all the humans and then Caesar. And after that, we smash Caesar. And all the other gorillas just stop. They're not totally on board with him. No. He's, like, clearly trying to take over as to be the leader. That's what his mission is. Mm -hmm. They're not quite there with him. No, no, not at all. I think that... Most of the gorillas, they have a problem with humans, like in his group. They don't hate Caesar. They still see them as well, him as their leader. Well, that's it. You know, and it's Aldo that's the one that's, you know, kind of usurped power, I guess you could say. 
about the time like Cornelius, you know, I guess trying to get away and he starts rustling in the trees. One of the gorillas looks up and is like, look. Yeah. Aldo turns around and then looks up there and sees Cornelius. Yep. He says it's Caesar's son and he heard everything we just said. Yes. Aldo pulls his sword, tells him to come down. Course, you know, Cornelius is like, no, 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 you know, he ain't gonna come down. You know, mm-hmm. you, you see somebody pulling the sword telling you to come down, that's not gonna be good for you. Uh, even Cornelius knows that this ain't gonna be good. Aldo starts to climb up the tree, mm-hmm. and Cornelius is trying to get away in the trees, and he gets out on this like branch, and Aldo's like there at the end of the branch, and he just starts hacking away at this branch, yeah, and just keeps hacking away and you could see Cornelius is scared and he just keeps cutting and cutting and cutting and then the last thing you hear is Cornelius call for his father and then the branch is cut and Cornelius falls out of the tree. Yeah and I was just thinking to myself I mean Aldo meant for him to get hurt. Yeah. Like I think later on he kind of acts like he didn't but I'm like what did you think was going to happen? You weren't I mean, just going to catch him when you cut the limb out no, from under no, him. No, when you cut the limb out from under him, even if he didn't die, you were going to probably have to kill him anyway. Yeah. Because he, he heard. heard. Yeah. I think this was that crossing the line. Yeah. Officially. Yeah. They see Cornelius is falling and all the gorillas are looking around and like, oh, no. Mm-hmm. But then about that time, they hear people coming and they're like, oh, you know, they have to go hide. And then, of course, Lisa comes out and she finds Cornelius' body. He's laying right by a rock where he hit his head. Yeah. So he just fell and hit a big rock. And then right there, we're going to take a break. And then when we come back, we will uh, get to the conclusion of Battle for the Planet of the Apes. Hi, I'm Marie Dressler, and this is Trailers from Hell. Today, we're going to look at the last of the Planet of the Apes series, Battle for the Planet of the Apes. This is a movie I'm actually in although very briefly because I was mostly cut out. And surprisingly, I play a human. At the time, everyone had great sport because I played a human slave to Roddy McDowell, especially Roddy. Um, But he had a son in this movie who's a major character in the plot, played by a midget. (laughs) And I used to take care of the midget chimp. Um, It was shot also at the Malibu Ranch. And my biggest memory of this film is sitting down at lunch, a bunch of apes, and we're sitting there, beautiful picnic tables out in Malibu, and there's this old orangutan guy at the end of the table, not saying a word, reading. And at the end of lunch, A.D. goes up to him and says, Mr. Houston, we're ready for you now. It was John Houston. I had lunch with John Houston, and I blew it. However, I did get to know him later, and I asked him about it. I said, tell me about why you're in Planet of the Apes, the battle for the Planet of the Apes. And John said... You take the money, kid. So let's watch the trailer for Battle for the Planet of the Apes, a movie with a very cool one sheet. We want guns. This is the very low budget uh, cashing in on the apes craze. This didn't do as well as the other pictures. Conquest, the movie that J. Lee Thompson made just before this one, is actually a very interesting film, uh, surprisingly political and current at the time, and the first cut was extremely violent, which I was just told they have on the Blu-ray, so I have to go get that. Um, They shot that in the brand new Century City as the future. This is still, uh, this was just on the Pico lot here, something covered with 
foam. This is the Hyperion water plant. Uh, that's where you go when you have no money. Although some of Terminator 2 was shot there. They had money. This is a terrible movie. Um, J. Lee Thompson was a very nice man who made some very good movies, Guns of Navarone, among others. But uh, at this point in his career, he didn't care at all. He just thought the whole thing was funny. Um, I remember I worked on this movie three weeks as an actor. Uh, I enjoyed the hell out of it. But it was so low rent. I mean, you'll see some footage here where they have a big battle between the mutants and the apes. There's a very funny shot coming up here with two dummies. Here they are. Boop! They blow up. Um, Roddy McDowell just was taking the money. Claude Aikens, the same. Uh, Kim Hunter actually refused this picture because she was just so offended by the script. I had a wonderful time. Severn Darden from San Francisco, the committee. John Huston as the lawgiver. This is a bad movie, but most of them are good. And I still get residuals from this. Lou Ayers, Dr. Kildare, and All Quiet on the Western Front. <laughs> what a career that guy had. I love this. This is Malibu. It was so embarrassing. It was actually, you know, everyone knew it at the time, too. It was one of those pictures where it was just, when's lunch? Arthur Jacobs, I don't think, ever came to the set. He started as a publicist for uh, David O. Selznick, and in his office at Fox, he had a, a memo from David O. Selznick framed that started at the door, went all through, it's on the wall, it was framed, it went all through seven rooms of his suite. It was something like 400 pages and then on to the ceiling. But uh, David didn't give notes on this one. Strange, transformed men who live underground like moles battle the apes to decide who will be master and who will be slain. And we are back and we are watching the humans headed to Ape City in their little caravan here. You know, they slowly get there, but they get there eventually. You know, hell, it almost took the scouts less time to get there on foot than it did <laughs> them in their vehicles, but go figure. And then we cut back to the ape village, and the apes are around uh, talking about, you know, they're around where Cornelius was found. And, yeah. you know, season, uh, Virgil was talking, and he says, yeah, he was hurt pretty badly. It's like the whole village is hearing about it now. And uh, McDonald is standing around where there was a fire at that's been put out, and then he just kind of is just looking around, and he looks around at that branch that was broken. Then he walks up there to look at it. And I don't know if this was just me, but was that branch as high off the ground as it looked? Because he seemed like he just stepped right up there. Mm -hmm. It was much higher. Yeah. When he so, fell. So that's what I just thought was odd about that. When I looked, I'm like, hell <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he couldn't have reached it because Aldo could have just pulled him down. Yeah, I know. So I thought that was odd. I was yeah. like, that, the way that branch was set, that's like yeah. a small fall because yeah, Aldo could just reach up. Like, yeah, he had to snap. climb up there to even start hitting the branch. Yeah, so I just thought that was very odd. I was just like, <laughs> that's a little error on their part. Maybe the actor said, I don't want to climb this tree. They just put it down lower for him. But he pulls this branch down and notices that it's, that it's like it's been chopped. Yep. It did not break like mm -hmm. you know a branch would break. And then we cut to the uh, Caesar complex. You know, there's apes outside, you know, I guess kind of waiting on word on Cornelius, how he is. And then we have a doctor there checking on Cornelius. This is a human doctor, it's a female. Caesar and Lisa are there. 
And Caesar just seems to be just in shock by this. Yeah. He's just, uh, you know, he's just sitting there just like stunned. And then uh, the doctor walks out of the room. Lisa follows. And doctor tells Lisa that even if we had a hospital that, you know, we just can't save him. Even if we had a hospital. Yeah. Lisa's just like, she's like, I can't tell Caesar, you know, right now. You know, mm -hmm. you know wants to. Basically, he says Caesar just wants to change the future. Yeah, he still believes he can change yeah, the future. Still believes he can. And then we cut back to the humans making their way to Ape City in this very slow-moving caravan, and some of the uh, some of the humans just start collapsing. You know, as they're going, it's almost, I guess the radiation sickness is really starting to hit some of them. They don't have the stamina to to make it. <laughs> As they're going, you know, we see up there on the horizon, there's a couple of gorilla scouts that spot these humans coming. The gorillas see, like, one of the humans on a motorcycle. And then the gorillas just take and they jump one of these uh, <laughs> humans on the motorcycle and take him out. Colt looks up in the horizon and sees these gorillas doing this, and he spots them when he tells them, you know, he says, point the cannons at fire. Mm -hmm. You know, basically, Colt just like, shoot, for, shoot now. Yeah, there's no, like, what is going on here. And then they fire one of the cannons up there to where the gorillas are, and just boom. I mean, one of the gorillas is killed. The other one kind of just pulls itself away. I guess this one of these uh, gorilla scouts will at least get back to the ape village there. And then we uh, cut back to the ape village, and Virgil is talking to McDonald, and he tells him, that he feels like Cornelius just isn't going to survive this. Yeah. You know, that Caesar just isn't leaving, isn't leaving this side. He's like, how can a benevolent God allow the branch of one of his own trees to crack and cripple an innocent child? And McDonald's like, it didn't crack. It was cut. About that time, you know, Aldo goes up to everybody who's standing around in the council and says the humans are coming. And then the one scout that made it back, he says one scout made it back basically and the, and the other was killed. And Aldo says, get everybody get prepared and lock up the humans in the corral, which is something he's probably wanted to do the whole time. Yep. So now he's finally mm -hmm. getting to do it. He's finally got a reason to, even though they're not a part of what's going on. No, because if anything, I would be the opposite of that. If I was smart, I'd say we need all the hands we can get. Yes. Arm everybody. This is their home, too. Yeah, that's what I know. Yeah. yeah. But he isn't thinking in them terms. No. Donald's, uh, you know, tells him about, basically, well, Caesar, you know, forbids this. Aldo says, well, Caesar isn't here. And then, of course, the uh, next thing we know, we see the humans are uh, being rounded up by the gorillas. They're all being just taken away from whatever they're doing and being mm -hmm. rounded up and I guess being taken to the corral. Virgil's watching them. Watching like, all of this is just basically like, you know, we're yeah, just going to round Because all Caesar's distracted. Yeah. Aldo's taking this opportunity to try to take over. Yeah, taking in charge. So, yeah, Virgil is just watching all this and he's kind of just sneaking around. And, and then about that time, Aldo catches Virgil and he says, you need to get back in. We're, we're declaring martial law here. Yeah. And then about that time, Aldo and then make it to Mandemus. And of course, you know, Mandemus wants Caesar's approval. He wants Caesar's approval and not by gorillas who want personal glory, basically. I like what Mandemus says. He goes, what do you want? And yeah. Aldo's like, guns. And, and Mandemus is like, what will, you, what will you do with them? 
And Aldo's like, we shall do what we will. Mm -hmm. And Mandemus says, do what you will is the devil's law. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I had that a little further down myself. You know, needless to say, the apes are not interested in playing some of Mandemus's uh, mind games. Yeah, he's like, who are you, Mandemus? God? Yeah. And Mandemus is like, I'm the keeper of Caesar's conscience. Aldo says, and I'm the keeper of Caesar's army. Hmm. The gorillas just don't want none of this talk, and they just break in there and just start grabbing. Taking guns. Yeah, they just start grabbing all the guns. And Demas is like, get out. Yeah, I know. He <laughs> says, get out, but then they ain't going to do it. You know, now they're just there in there to just arm themselves to the teeth, basically. Humans finally arrive outside of the eight village. They're finally there. Finally. Yeah, I know. Like I said, the scouts got there faster on foot than they did. <laughs> Colt tells, like one of uh, the soldiers there, he says, when we leave here, I don't want no tree left standing, no two pieces of wood nailed together, or anything left alive. So basically, just obliterate this place. Good Lord. And then we cut back into the village, and Virgil's kind of sneaking out. You know, he's, I guess he's trying to make his way to Caesar. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he's like hiding up in trees as he's yeah. gorilla soldiers are walking around i guess their martial laws in full effect then as this is going on Culp is uh, sitting outside of the village with his soldiers and he says he's kind of looking uh, countdown he says we're going to move in in about a half hour toward when sun up is supposed to hit basically yeah and then finally virgil sneaks his way in and then goes to see caesar and caesar's just sitting there you know by uh, Cornelius's bed. Virgil tells him about basically what's happened with Aldo and the humans. And he's taken over, you know, put them in the corral, basically. And he says McDonald is in there with them as well. And Caesar just, I guess, so kind of just out of it. Distraught, he says, I can't leave Cornelius. He needs me. Yeah. Virgil's like, well, the village needs you as well. Because now things are falling apart out there without him. And about that time, the doctor comes to tell Caesar to, you know, you need to come see Cornelius. Caesar goes in there, and Cornelius is just kind of in and out of it, basically. And uh, Cornelius tells Caesar that they hurt me and that they want to hurt him as well. He's, and, he's like, who hurt you, the humans? And, he, and Cornelius is like, no. Yeah. And Caesar's like, well, then who? Cornelius says something like, you know, he just finally just says something like, well, I'll be malformed. Caesar's no. He says, one day you'll be as tall as a king. And then Cornelius just kind of just, after hearing that, he kind of takes his last breath and he passes on. And Caesar and Lisa just, you know, you can see that they're upset. The humans kind of start to get ready to move into Ape City. And what do they do? They start with some kind of smoke screens mm -hmm. or something like that. Caesar is back at his home. He's sitting there with Virgil. He said, who would hurt him? And then Virgil says, well, I think you will know soon. And Caesar's like, well, what, what do you well, know? What do you know? Yeah. You know, it's almost like it's not dawning. I guess he was so wrapped up in what's going on with Cornelius. And then that shot, we see Virgil shows him the corral. Mm -hmm. with all the gorillas guarding the corral and all the humans locked up in there. Kids and everything. Yeah, every, all of them. Yeah. yeah, just little kids, mm -hmm. what you name it. Then Caesar looks at Aldo, who's standing there. He says, you did this? Aldo's like, for security. And the armory? 
he says, that's for security. Then the people, the humans inside there are calling out for Caesar for help. And Caesar says, I want them released. About that time, you know, there's about to be some kind of skirmish outside that, that corral to get the humans out. And about that time, that's when the humans on the outside of Ape City start firing into the village. Into the village. And then all those like, you know, well, I was right. War is here now. Mutant humans, I guess you could say, start moving in in their vehicles and they just start firing at everything. And then the apes and the ape uh, village start grabbing up arms and going to fight. They're shooting into this uh, village with this cannon. There's like this uh, tree house that gets shot. The same tree house multiple times. Yeah. Just from different angles. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, that's one thing you notice. It's like the same tree house, but then they shot it. They, like... sh- they had like five different cameras on it so they could shoot it from different angles. Well, we only got one, so we got to yeah, yeah, do yeah, it. Yeah, we can't blow them all up. So we got we can just blow this one up, but we won't, we'll do it from different angles. And then the apes are sitting there. They're trying to just make a blockade to kind of try to hold the humans out. Virgil sitting there, and they're just all shooting at these vehicles. I in. was impressed with Virgil. I yeah. thought he was just a the brain, but yeah, he's yeah. yeah he's wanting to get out there and he's shoot. A fighter too. Yeah. They're out there just firing at these humans and trying to just hold them back. And Caesar asks, you know, if that's where Aldo is, and he says he's probably on the other side of the valley. So you notice that the gorillas aren't really there to help, and they split. Yeah, they split. The humans, just like I said, they're firing and they're firing and they just keep moving in and they can't stop them. You know, the apes just, you know, they're in the ape village, can't stop them. And finally, Caesar's just like, well, you need, we need to fall back to the village. We need to fall back. The, as they fall back, Colt just like goes in there and he wants nothing left alive, basically. Then they finally go into ape, in the ape village and they pull in there. And there's just a bunch of apes laying around everywhere like they're dead. Then Colt gets out of his vehicle and he's just walking around and then he looks and there Caesar starts to raise up. And Colt pulls his gun on him. And Caesar's just like walking around as Colt pulls has his gun on him. And he says, You Colt says you weakened our city by rebelling against your human masters. Now he says, We who survive will create a new race. You and yours will be brought Lo, you shall learn again what it's like to have a master. Master. That's all he cares about is just putting Caesar back in his place. That's it. And Lisa and the doctor are just kind of watching this from Caesar's home as Culp has his gun on Caesar. He says, so you're just a clever ape. The doctor keeps trying to get Lisa to leave, but she don't want to leave Cornelius's body. Oh, says, so you're a clever ape. I was told that you actually chose your own name. But he says, even the Caesar needs his Brutus. Did you know that ape? You know, he says, now your city is about to lose its king. And then you can see Culp. He's got his gun raised and he's about to shoot Caesar. And then you hear Lisa tell, say no to Culp. Mm-hmm. And that distracts Culp enough where Virgil throws a bomb I guess he's made from the humans from a bank up there. <laughs> and it stuns them. And then there's like his car that they set on fire that they pushed down off of a hill. And 
this just distracts all the humans because all the apes and then all of a sudden Caesar says now fight like apes and all the apes just jump up. Yep. They weren't dead. Yeah, they weren't <laughs> dead. They were just playing instead of playing ape, they were playing possum. This is like the Ewoks. Yeah. Just play like you're dead and then yeah. get up and go, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. George Lucas stole that from this movie. <laughs> which you might have. I don't know. He is a fan of these movies. And the apes just jump up and they start ha attacking the humans. And basically, this is almost like Conquest, what happened before, where the humans are just outnumbered and outnumbered. outmatched, and mm -hmm. they just start to try to make their getaway. Caesar, they catch a bunch of them, but then Caesar's like, no, don't kill them, just take them prisoner. And Colt gets into the, the bus there, or basically, or something like that, and he gets away. Caesar showed that he was a better man there. Yeah. Instead of just killing them, yeah. he said, don't kill them. And Colt gets away in the school bus, and Virgil's about to start firing on the school bus. You know, uh, Virgil's a little trigger happy here. And uh, Caesar just comes up to him like, no, no, just let him go. We, we proved our point. Basically. Virgil's like, I'm going to take their tires uh, out. You're like Virgil. You would just start killing everything. No, just shoot their tires out. Yeah, yeah no, shoot their tires out. The school bus does get away briefly. And then as they're driving down, we see all the gorillas up on on the hill. And they basically take no prisoners. And they the apes ride down on horseback, surround that school bus, and start firing and throwing like bombs into it. Yeah, they bust all the windows out yeah. and just start with a machine gun yeah, just they, shooting in they, the windows. Yeah, they just shoot everything in that school bus. Dang. They shoot everything. Then... Basically, the school bus comes to a stop, and we see inside everyone is dead, including Colt. Aldo gets on top of the school bus, and all the gorillas start chanting his name like he's some big hero. <laughs> Troublemaker. You know, so he's uh, enjoying his glory. And then we cut back to the ape village, and Caesar, basically, he wants the humans released. Virgil's about to go do it as Aldo rides in. And Aldo just gets off his horse and says, no, they stay. And he says, Aldo says what we do now. So basically, Aldo's not drunk on his own power now. Caesar just pretty much like says they didn't do nothing wrong. And they didn't. No. They've been there working with them. They didn't do anything wrong. They would, like I said, they would have actually been a help, mm -hmm. you know, to yeah. fault this. And then Aldo's like, oh, really? So you like the humans? And then he tells all of his grill soldiers, we'll kill them all then. And then the humans, you know, start to get screaming and they're upset. You know, the apes are, or the gorillas are about to shoot into that crowd, just kill all of them. And then Caesar gets up there and stands in front of the guns. Caesar's like, no more killing. And he said, take the guns back to the armory. Then Aldo just says, move Caesar or we will have to kill you. Yeah. And then every, all the apes in there are just stunned to hear these words it's come out of his mouth. standoff that's been coming. And this is one of the things I like that Mandal does in this movie. Is when he hears this, he starts to scrutinize Aldo after he hears this. And he starts walking up to him. Virgil says something. And like, you know, ape has never killed ape. Especially an ape child. Mm -hmm. And then the gorillas start to lower their guns. He says the branch didn't break. It was cut with a sword. Caesar starts to process this because he already started suspecting Aldo. Mm -hmm. And then that right there, the it was cut. 
they have a sword, they cut it. And it's not only Cornelius figuring out, everybody is figuring out that Aldo killed Cornelius and also his own ones that weren't in that group. The gorillas weren't all there. They're figuring out that Aldo killed an ape. And they said, Aldo killed. Aldo mm -hmm. broke our most sacred law yep. and he killed our child. And then there are people in the crowd and are saying, you know, what's going on out there? What's happening? And then McDonald says, I guess you might say they just joined the human race. All the apes start to chant ape. What are they chanting? Ape never killed ape or something mm -hmm. like that. Caesar's like, you murdered my son. Yeah, he just starts getting very mm -hmm. angry. And he's like, you murdered my son. And he's just going after Aldo. And Aldo, you could see the terror in his eyes. Well, everybody's turned on him. Yeah, I mean, he literally went from this drunk with power person to mm -hmm. like, oh, no, I need yeah. yeah. He starts to go up into the tree himself. And Caesar follows him. And Aldo is just trying, I mean, he's trying his best just to get away. And Caesar's just in pursuit of him. And they just go further and further up into this tree as Caesar keeps just saying to him, you murdered my son. You know, you can just hear the anger in his voice at this. As they get up toward the top of the tree, Aldo pulls his sword out. I guess he's like, well, I can't go any further. I guess I'm about to fight my way out of this. Mm -hmm. But then Caesar grabs his arm and they kind of start to struggle with the sword. And then Aldo loses his footing and falls from a tree to his death. Just like Cornelius. Uh, just like Cornelius. Karma. Then we kind of cut to, I guess, down back below. Caesar is looking around. He says, well, does one murder justify another? And Virgil, yeah, uh, only the future can tell. You know, he says, let's start building it now. You know, like I said, this happened. Let's try to put it behind us. Let's try to build a better future. Well, he technically didn't kill Aldo. He fell. Yeah, but still, you know, he, 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 would, he, probably, he probably would have if yeah. he could have got a hold of him. Yeah. And then the people are set free. And as they are set free... McDonald says, well, I'm sorry we can't show gratitude. If you mean to set us free, you know, basically tell Caesar, if you mean to set us free, free us completely. Caesar's like, well, what do you mean? He says, well, we have a destiny too as equals, respecting each other, living together with love. Because we're not like, your children, Caesar. He says, well, love, he says, human way is violence and death. Virgil says, well, Aldo wasn't human. Got point, you, Virgil. You got you there. And then Caesar just looks at him. He says, Virgil, you're a good and wise ape. <laughs> yeah. Then Lisa tells Caesar, you're a good and wise king. And then we cut back to the uh, human compound. And Mendez and Alma are there just sitting around playing checkers or something. <laughs> and then I guess apparently they got word somehow that Culp lost. And Alma just, I guess she's driven to what she wants to do. She gets over to the mom. mom and she's about to launch it. And Mendez stops her and tells her basically Culp is mad and wants to destroy the world. And he says this is like the Alpha and Omega bomb. It will not only destroy Ape's, Ape City, but the Earth as well. And he says, you, 
Set it off, we become nothing. Leave it, and at least we remain something and maybe become something better to the future. He says it must be respected, never exploded. Respected, worshipped. Right. Like a God. For one of his ancestors made us who we are, shall from this day forward he he called beautiful, which is something that they say and beneath. And then we cut back to Eight Village. Caesar is talking to McDonald. He says, we'll, we will rebuild. Can we make the future what we wish? And he says, it's possible, Caesar. And then we see the apes like gathering up all the guns, you know, taking them back to Mandemus, you know, in his <laughs> little thing. And then Mandemus is putting the last of the guns back in place in the armories, like where they should be. And then this is where we find out, you know, you know, Mandemus has been here 27 years and he yeah. says, you know, you know, you don't have to stay here or you can live here the rest of your days if you want to. And he says he doesn't want to. He says danger is over and he wants to, you know, he wants to see this armory destroyed. And then what does it says? The greatest danger of all is danger never ends. Yeah, that's what Virgil says. Yeah, that's what Virgil says. And then Caesar says to Mandemus, so we must be patient and wait. And with that, we cut back to our beginning where we're with the lawgiver. The lawgiver says, and, and we still wait, my children, because there's a bunch of people around he's talking to. You know, there's humans and apes there. And he says, as I look at the apes and humans living in harmony and peace, he says, now 600 years after Caesar's death, at least we wait with hope for the future. And the lawgiver, you know, who knows about the future. And then as we were looking at this, we see some apes, an ape and a little human girl, like pulling each other's hair and kind of scrapping in the mm -hmm. background. And then the lawgiver says, I said, who knows about the future? He said, perhaps only the dead. And of course, you know, Caesar did know the future because he said he's seen it in there. And then we move up to a statue of Caesar with a tear in his eye. Is this a tear of happiness or a tear of sadness? Uh... You don't know because then we roll credits on this. And then we are at the end of Battle of the Planet of the Eight. And I guess what I'm going to do here, I'm going to just drop a few little things of trivia yeah. uh, for this film. Because we got a few things we want to cover here. So I just figure I'll just drop a few little odds and ends. First off, this film was made from January 2nd to February 14th of 1973. Released on June 13th, 1973. So they got this filmed and in the theaters within about a six month window. Wow. Here. Probably the lowest budget, if not one of the lowest budgets on the Planet of the Apes films, $1.7 million. The box office on the film was $8.8 And the film was shot at the Fox Movie Ranch, where they shot a number of uh, westerns and various things at that time. So I guess I could shoot it all in one contained area. Okay, now here's where I think some of the problems with the movie comes into play. A writer for the sequels was a writer named Paul Dean, and he wasn't able to write this script. He turned in a treatment, but he got sick, so he wasn't able to do the script. Hmm. So they handed the screenplay duties over to John and Joyce Corlington. These two wrote the Omega Man, 
with uh, Charlton Heston. They didn't like Dean's treatment, so they tossed it and kind of just took some basic little ideas out of it and wrote their own script. They had they admitted they hadn't seen any of the Planet of the Apes movies before they took the job. Wow. To me, that's one of the things I don't understand about this. I'm like, if say if I was writing a sequel to a certain movie, I'd be watching. I would want to see the other ones just to see. Okay, here's what we've done. Let's see. Yeah, I just thought that was very strange when that I heard that. The weird timelines. Yeah, that, that explains like maybe why some <laughs> of this is dodgy. I was, yep, I was getting to that exactly. And but once they finished the script. Dean did actually come in and do just like a quick little polish over certain things in it. He added the scene of the Caesar statue with a tear in his eye at the end of it. That wasn't in the original script. The Corringtons hated it. They did not like that at all. <laughs> they, they thought that sucked, basically. <laughs> and the reason this was the last Planet of the Apes film is they just felt like the producers were ready. They kind of felt like we've done about everything we can do with this. And also the producers had sold the rights over to TV because oh. the next year, the, the Planet TV of show. the Apes TV mm. show came on. So they thought, well, we'll just continue it on TV. in a TV series. Yeah. So that's really why they decided to do this as the ending. And I think the producer of all these films, Arthur Jacobs, died about a year after this movie came out, you know, or somewhere around in there. So that kind of just set it off and that yeah. was the end of this. Yeah. That's really all I have for the trivia. Like I said, there's some good, there's a good documentary behind the plan of the apes on the uh, Blu-ray uh, and DVD sets of this. So definitely watch that. It'll give you more of a perspective on this, but as like I said, some of the problems with this film, you can probably see what it is on this. But I guess with that, you know, we're going to wrap up the trivia right here. And I want to, sadly, this will be uh, the last of the original Planet of the Apes reviews from Sherry. And I'm kind of very curious to hear what her final thoughts are on this movie. <laughs> so I'll take it away. On this movie, I probably didn't like it as much as the others. I mean, I like that, you know, you got to see that Caesar... Went on and had a family. But it just... I don't know. I think you and I talked about this one night. That it just wasn't the ending that it should have been. Yes. Like it should have been like more epic. Maybe. Yeah. Well, it's like I said at the beginning. It doesn't feel like battle for the planet. It feels like no. skirmish or unsettling. It feels like battle with each other and, and battle. Yeah. yeah. Squirmish. Yeah. yeah. The skirmish of the planet of the apes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was good to like if you're you know like to watch all of them yeah. and complete the trilogy or whatever you call it. Mm, yeah, and, or, yeah, the five, the the series of five. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I didn't dislike it, but it didn't. It's not one I would return to all the time. Probably, yeah. if I if I had to pick between all of them. Yeah, I can see what you're saying. There, mm -hmm. That's for sure. Uh, so, what did you think of the acting, the performances, anything like that? I thought it was a little too rushed to even pay atten attention much to that. Really? I think Virgil and Mandemus were kind of the stars in this, to yeah. me. Yeah, I'm a big Virgil fan. Yeah, Caesar was kind of a little bit more in the background, 
of this one. Yeah, Even though this was supposed to be about his life. I can see, I can see <laughs> that. I mean, yeah, he was, I guess what you would say, more of an ensemble mm -hmm. thing. Yeah. As opposed to like the previous movie where mm -hmm. Caesar was a little bit more yeah. center stage, a little bit more. Like I can see what you're saying. It's here. like the typical thing where a leader's not alone. He's also, his decisions come from people around him. Yeah. That guide him. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, he had Virgil and Mandemos and uh, his yeah. own wife, Lisa. Yeah, yeah, Lisa. I think she tried to keep him grounded. Yes. You know, not to, you know, remember his promise to himself to keep it peaceful. I just felt like it wasn't the gut punch that the other movies. Yeah, I can see it. Because you got to look at, like, the previous movie, for example, and even, well, the other to all, all of the films had this very strong ending yeah and this one was just like uh, this one was a little bit more of a i wouldn't say it was a bad ending it was just more melancholy kind yeah. of ending it was just and yeah. there's also an ending like uh, the one thing i will like about this ending and i will say it even though i don't think it's a strong ending i liked how it lets you decide how did things go do they yeah. go well? Do they not? You know, it leaves it in your head, you know. Well, I felt like it, he was trying to tell, like, these children the past of Caesar. Mm -hmm. But with the way this movie was, I know they were using it as a way that that's how the movie played out, was like a, mm -hmm. like a flashback to what he was telling these children. But technically, in my opinion, if he was going to be talking about how important caesar was he would have talked about conquest not battle well that yeah <laughs> i actually it's funny you say that i kind of had that in my because i, I think battle he was more settled down and he and because Cornelius got hurt he got pulled away from all this that what was going on and he wasn't really able to be a leader I mean, I had that in my notes, but I was kind of looking at, too, like, maybe the reason the lawgiver, you know, the reason the lawgiver was telling this story is this is where the humans and the apes finally became equals. So yeah. this was the beginning of it. But the story of conquest would have made more sense. <laughs> but if you're me, talking about how brave he, he yeah. was. Yeah, but this is maybe the lawgiver telling the story of how the humans and the apes finally became equals. Right. Even yeah. though Caesar pretty much told McDonald, like, oh, we'll see. Like, we'll he see. had this little doubt in his mind to, to let them have any kind of freedom, like yeah. total freedom. Yes. There's so. that fear there. Felt like this one is the weakest link yeah. to me. And I don't know if they, it's like they didn't really watch the other ones and they just wrote something and went on. <laughs> well, from what I understand, the... Uh... Paul Dean's treatment was different than what we got here. I haven't read it or anything. I know I've seen it on the uh, Hunter's, I think, Plan of the Aid Archive. I think it's mm -hmm. on there, and yeah. I would like to read it, but I haven't got a chance to yet. So I think I've heard that it's different, but I'm not sure by exactly mm -hmm. how different. I mean, you can kind of tell that this movie, because this movie even feels different very to, much to me does. than some of the other ones. Yeah. It feels very different. It's very tame. Yeah, well, that's due to... I was about to get into that in mind, mm. but since you brought that up, 
The reason that it is is because of the previous movie. The yeah. Fox executives and everybody, yeah. how violent that last one got. They said, no, this is a movie. We want to make something more for kids. Okay. With this movie. You know, an yeah. adventure movie for kids. Yeah. With this. It's very telling in some ways they were right. Because I've talked to people who have watched this series of movies. Their little kids aren't really fans of the other ones. But this one they like. Because there's no real weight to this one. Exactly. Not like the other ones. This one is just more of an adventure movie of humans against apes. So this one, you know, they wanted something geared more kids. Oh, here it is. Yeah, here it is. Because I've heard that a number of times when I've talked to people who watched this series with their kids who are about, like, say, 10 years old or something. Yeah, I just felt like, yeah, it was the weakest, and I felt like it was, I mean, not a bad ending, but I was expecting more. Yeah, well. It kind of reminded me a lot of the newer Planet of the Ape movies. How, like, they were off, they had built a life for themselves up in the trees, and they weren't bothering anybody, and then what did the humans do? I've always said that that new trilogy of movies basically built off of Conquest yeah. and this one, yep. in, in a way, mm -hmm. both of them. Told its own story in its yep. own way, but it, foundations to say. Yeah, there you go, yeah. And... You know, I really like the new ones, and I hope we can do them. I'm not um, opposed to doing those at all. I really like them, because I started and went backwards and watched these. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you watched the new ones first before you got into these. I mean, I'm glad to get to watch it and finish up. I mean, to me, it's like I said, I mean, I, I was very curious to get to this one with you in particular because yeah. like i said this is one that most of the apes fans are pretty lukewarm on as well that's how i feel about it. it's like i don't dislike it but it was yeah i had stuff going on all the time but it wasn't as engaging yeah as the others well yeah and the characters you weren't well i liked virgil and mandemus like the mcdonald's like who this dude who is this dude well, um, yeah, you know, he just came out of nowhere, but he just was almost like that representation of the, his brother and, and he the was other a representation of the humans in general. In this mm -hmm. movie. Because really, if you look at most of the other humans outside, the teacher didn't talk. Yeah, they were just background. Mm -hmm. That doctor girl. Well, but, the doctor. But she yeah. didn't say much. Yeah, she only said a few lines herself. You know, I'm glad we glad we did it. Okay. You know, get to finish it up. Okay. So any last things that you have to say on this one? Before I get your rating. We're going to talk separately about all the yeah, whole. Yeah, yeah okay. we'll do that afterwards. Yeah, I'm done. Okay, I guess one to ten Caesar statues. One being the worst, ten being the best. Where does this fall for you in the ratings? I'm going to give it a seven. Seven? That's still pretty solid. I mean, yeah. that's, that's a good I don't favorite. dislike it. No, no. I mean, and that's what I'm It's on. just up against the others. It's definitely it's weaker. A, it's a drop down. It's definitely weaker. It's definitely a drop down. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah, I could say that. Because, you know, in the new trilogies, the more Caesar went, the tougher he got. Caesar was almost like very docile in this one compared to the last movie. Well, and that's the thing. You know, like I said, that was what was talking about. They wanted mm -hmm. something more softer yeah. and kid friendly <laughs> and not like this uh, rebellious kind of angry Caesar. Yeah. You know, because like I said, that's why they reshot that ending mm -hmm. for, you know, because we yeah. watched both versions right. of the ending. <laughs> the theatrical ending is what leads into this one. Right. The uncut version does not lead into no. this ending at all. Mm -mm. So, 
he wanted to soften it up and <laughs> he did seven seven out of ten so mm -hmm. that's not too shabby at all well i'm gonna echo some of the stuff that you've said here to me yeah this is the weakest film in the series to me people i've always talked to gave uh, the impression that i hated this movie i don't hate this movie hmm. i just think it's just you know when you've had like four pretty good movies there mm -hmm. and then you get to this one you're just like well you yeah know, yeah it's just weak and it's got a very slim budget on it i mean one was it 1.7 mm -hmm. million that's almost like a tv show budget i mean i do commend like the director jay lee thompson he did what he could with yeah. that paltry budget that he had in the script that to me was pretty mediocre it had good elements in the script but it's like you're saying it just wasn't as engaging as yeah. it could have been i mean to me the acting is solid all the way around i mean roddy mcdowell as usual was good he's really good but like you said uh, he was kind of part of more of an ensemble like i said i wish they were more films just to have virgil me too i was a big virgil mandamus <laughs> fan in this i would like to see more with them in it yeah so i mean they were good and like i said you can actually watch um paul williams visit the tonight show i think you can watch it on youtube or somewhere where he's still in his eight virgil makeup <laughs> Because he had to go on the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson, and he couldn't. I guess he didn't have time to get out of his makeup because he had to be there. So he literally showed up <laughs> on the show in full Virgil makeup. You know, like I said, you know, the film has its good moments and everything overall, but you can kind of feel the loss of Paul Dean as the writer yeah. because, you know, like I said, he wrote two, three, and four, mm -hmm. and you can kind of feel that yeah, this is something different. There's something different. Something there's off. something off here. And I don't want to, because I'll go down a rabbit hole in this that I'll yeah. never understand about the setting of this film that doesn't make sense. The I know we, we've talked about how, you know, how McDonald's should have been 27 years mm -hmm. older, but he looks roughly <laughs> about the same age as he was. Because <laughs> if you're going by the timeline of, oh, oh, he's, what's he look like? He's in this movie, maybe in his mid 30s. Yeah. If it's 27 years, then he'd had to been working in the archives when he was five or something. <laughs> so none of this makes sense. You know, like I was saying, Mandemus was in the hut for 27 years. years, but he taught Virgil how, you know, yeah. all that he and Virgil knows. seems older too. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's just. And the fact that they would wait over 20 years to have a child. Yeah. Just doesn't seem right. Yeah, it doesn't seem right, but I can forgive that a little bit more because maybe it's like you know they were having to try to find a place and set up a village and mm. try to you know help people so maybe there wasn't time to settle down and have a family right away yeah so i can kind of forgive that a little bit more but mm. i can see what you're talking about too yeah because it's all about bringing the future yeah and yeah you that's know? what i know so i mean i can i can see what your mm -hmm. point is but i can kind of understand that mm -hmm. well you know we got to first set up a home and a place yeah. where we can be comfortable and everything mm -hmm. first and you know if it's after a nuclear well, you know war, how nature goes yeah yeah that's true too <laughs> yeah i mean but like i said i mean i do see your point as well yeah you know you, your point is you know both points are valid is what i'm trying to say because if it'd been 27 years it just seemed like they would have an older child like a, ch a grown child yeah so it's like time. i said so you would assume yeah you're right 20 years mm -hmm. you know so i don't know the time of this just doesn't work for me 
I mean, not that the other movies didn't have their issues with certain things like that, but it was a lot more prominent in this and movie. And they attempted to explain it better yeah, than yeah, this one. They yeah. didn't even, they just like, oh, okay. Yeah, well, whatever. You know, we're, <laughs> we just want to get on with the action. We ain't got time yeah. to kind of iron out these rough edges here. And, you know, it's like I said, I mean, at the end of Conquest, there was really none of the apes that could speak. Lisa. I think Lisa just said no, yeah. and that was it. But by this time, you have all the apes speaking, yeah. you know, within a 27-year frame. So I was just like, even that, to me, is a little sketchy. Yeah, and Virgil's obviously older than Cornelius, so he would have been in that place with him. And with Mandemus, if he was his teacher? Yeah, the timeline's weird. Yeah, the, it's very, very askew. I mean, I don't know. It's like I said. I mean, it's it's stuff that... I remember even when I watched this movie as I was, and I was a kid, some of the timeline stuff in this movie I couldn't quite grasp onto. And I didn't really think about it too much at the time. I was like, 20... Because I remember even as I was a kid, I was like, 27 years. I'm just like, well... Yeah. Even for, even for a little kid, I was like, well, that's not a long time. <laughs> Uh, but I don't know. I mean, it's just like I said, I think it just wasn't ironed out as well. I think it was confusing from moment one. I mean, I guess they did it in that way in case you hadn't seen the other movies. Yeah. They had to go back and tell some of it because it's like, okay, we're thousand years from the time you're talking about Caesar. And then you go even further back to when he was in the uh, eight as slaves. Yeah. So it was just like, where are you yeah. in the timeline? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so, kind of confusing. Yeah, it's uh, what I know. I mean, this movie, it's like I said, you can almost kind of tell that the script yeah. writers just weren't they didn't really, put any they, thought they in it. They weren't paying attention to any yeah. of that. Which I think is an insult to the trilogy. Well, the, well, they deserve it deserved better. Than, than, well, yeah, yeah, five films, set of movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah the set uh, movie set. Trilogy's three, right? Sort of the trilogy's oh, okay. Three. Yeah, it was just like I said, they just, well, like you're saying, it was like a, uh, there was like an insult mm-hmm. to them in a lot of ways. Yeah, because, do, do, a, do an honor home, to do, it, do your you homework, know? Do your homework. At yeah. Least. Yeah, because to me, it's like I said, if I was writing a sequel to a movie, say, this was like the fourth sequel I was writing to a movie, and I didn't know any of the movies, I'm like, well, I need to watch these movies mm-hmm. first, so at least I'll know what I'm doing yeah. here. You know, I thought that was very bizarre. I don't know. I guess to me, in the end, I mean, like I said, I like this movie. A lot of people get the impression that I don't. I mean, mm. I do like this movie, but it is a weak movie to yeah. me. It's, when you compare it to the others. Yeah. I just wish that Fox would have put in more money. That You know, because they went into it knowing this was going to be the last one. A million seven. Yeah. I was like, why not just give them even two and right. say, there you go. Throw a little bit extra money in, maybe put a mm-hmm. little bit more extra into the battle scenes and do this yeah. kind of stuff, things like mm-hmm. that. Kind of give them the series a better send off than it yeah. did. But of course, Fox was in such financial dire straits at the time; they could barely scrape two pennies together. It seems like at times. I guess I'm gonna end it uh, my review on this. I mean, like I said, it's a weak movie, not my favorite of the series, but it's more enjoyable than the Tim Burton movie. Yes. And I will say that I will. No I will. Marky Mark. I will cap it off on that. Note. <laughs> and how dare you bring that movie up? Well, we might end up doing that one oh, at some God. point. You know, just for completeness' sake. 
We could do that as a one-off, I guess. Or... I think we should just talk about it. Yeah, we, we can could... watch it. Yeah. Don't do a podcast on okay. it. Okay, well, like I said, I'd be very curious to hear what you think of it, too. But I guess with that, one to ten Caesar statues, one being worse, ten being the best. I'm going to go on a seven, probably on this one, too. Probably mid-range seven. I mean, there's stuff I like about this movie. You know, it's good to see Roddy McDowell back one last time. Like I said, I like Virgil. I like... Uh, Even though I don't think he was as powerful in this one. Well, but like I said, they didn't have time for him to no, be. No, no. I don't know. It's just like I said, I wish they would have just put more into it to give them a, uh, a solid set yeah. off. But with that, I guess uh, we're going to wrap up our review portion. And what we're going to do here very quickly is we're going to rank... The Planet of the Apes films from our least favorite to our favorite. You can go into a little bit on why you put this one there, okay. you know, but you know, we ain't got to get too in depth because we've already reviewed these movies. What is your least favorite? Well, we just talked about it. We just talked about it. So yeah. we ain't really got to go into this no. one. That's our number five is battle. We pretty much <laughs> said why. Yeah, we pretty much said why. <laughs> yeah. So we can get, we can knock number five off the table. So that's <laughs> well, it would one. be weird to just talk like we did and then put it higher. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So that one's off the table. I'm going to say, what is your number four? Wow. Mine is beneath as well. Well, so I'm wondering if we've got the same order. Yeah. I'm going to say this one was difficult for me. Me to too. I flipped them. I flipped my four and three. Yeah, this is difficult for me because I'm a big fan of the ape steam bath <laughs> in this movie. And the ending. And the ending. I like the ending of this and I like the ape steam bath because the movie, I've always I've said this in our review, the first half, I'm not a huge the fan recap. of. recap. Yeah, yeah, it's just, it's basically like the original movie except sped along yeah but once we get to the forbidden zone mm -hmm. into the where the mutants are it becomes this weird very interesting movie to me after that yeah and you got to give it its props it was ballsy that ending for its is, time that ending blew me away when yeah. i was a kid i will never forget my reaction to mm -hmm. that ending but yeah, I'm on. I'm right there with you. Number four for me was beneath. That was a hard decision for me. Yeah, I went back and forth. I went back and forth on three and four, but I had to. Get, I think we're gonna have the same order. I'm thinking we're going to as well, but we'll yeah. we'll keep going here. What, <laughs> is, what is your number three? Escape. Escape. That's my number three as well. Like I said, Escape for me is it's a fun story. I like yeah. the fish out of water story where you yeah. have the apes in civil as opposed right. to like the original where mm -hmm. it was Taylor there. It's a fun story but a very dark and bleak ending. That and this was imp more important to me than Beneath because it's where Caesar came from and it builds Caesar. It builds that story. Yeah. Starts that story. Yeah. And this is one that was fun for me to watch with you. <laughs> Because I'll never forget this as long as I live where we were sitting there watching it was getting there toward the end and like they don't kill that shoot that ape uh, that little baby do they? And I was just very quiet and he was like, Oh my gosh. Well I know, because I felt like they're after him. They they don't they wanted her to abort him. Yeah. I'm like, and then he gets the gun out of the trunk of the car. I'm like, oh, geez, yeah, something's gonna like, happen. They're gonna kill him and I and I just was quiet and you're like, Oh no. They shot that baby gangster style too, boy. They, they that poor it. little innocent baby that yeah, wasn't even have nothing to do with anything. Yeah, I know. I mean, boy, they, he's a little sacrifice. Yeah, they, you know, just like three or four times. Oh. Too. God, 
The first one killed him. Yeah, no, I mean, I was like, ooh, that, that's just, like I said, that's a fun story up to that point, but boy, that's a rough ending. Wow. You know, I mean, not quite as rough as the world ending, but it ain't far from it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but so, yep, number three for both of us is Escape. And number two, what is it for you? Conquest. Conquest. That's my number We're going to have the exact same order. Same list. What can I say about Conquest? I love Conquest. Conquest gives me cold chills. I love the story. I love how the apes rise up. I love Caesar in this one. Caesar's great in this movie. Mm -hmm. I'm a big fan of Armando. Ricardo Montalban. Any movie with Ricardo (laughs) Montalban in it, even if it's a bad movie, well, at least it has Montalban in it. He has a little bit more to do in Conquest, but, yeah. you know, because Conquest, Escape, he has, his role's there, but it's small. He has a little bit more to do in Conquest, so that makes it even better, too. The ape uprising in Conquest, and then the Roddy McDowell, the, the uncut one, the, the original wow. one, not the one that yeah. was done for the theatrical. But when I watched that one, mm-hmm. when I finally got it on Blu-ray and I could see the uncut version in that, I was like, whoa. Ooh, I, yeah. mean, he, I mean, with him standing up there to fire behind him and mm. he's just spewing that mm. hate and that venom. And I was like, oh, yeah. wow. That is wow. awesome as hell. That right there to me is like I've said, I think I even said in our review, I can understand when they remade the Planet of the Apes movies, you know. I can yeah. see why they kind of took that movie and said, okay, we're going to build from Caesar this Caesar from that. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I can definitely see it. To me, that's what a sequel should be. Yeah. And to me, in some ways, I wish the series had ended on that one. Mm-hmm. That would have been the better mm-hmm. to this. Even though I'm not sorry we got battle, because I still kind of can enjoy it in its own way. Conquest would have almost made the better capper to this. Yeah, because it would be like, well, they finally got a leader that that they're going to have the future. Yes. And, you know, he's in place. We don't really need to know what happens. No. You know? Yeah. There there you go. But like I said, Conquest, great sequel, number two. And I guess it goes without saying number one is the original. The original. The original. You can't go wrong Classic Charleston Heston. You can't touch it. No. I mean, it's... Perfect. It's a great movie. Yeah. Great movie. I mean, like I said, uh, nothing more can be said about that. We did a podcast on that movie where we just gloat on, you know, you know, just dote on it and just love, mm-hmm. love it uh, so much. Number one is the original and amazing uh, movie and a classic. I'm going to throw one other question out to you before we move into our final thoughts on the series in general. Okay. Best ending. Best ending? Of this series. Conquest. Conquest. I can totally see that. I can take my eyes off the screen. Yeah. My favorite ending, that would be number two. Number one would be the original. I wasn't as immersed in the kind of Planet of the Apes thing at the time. So that I just loved how that ending was set up. Where mm-hmm. you are just riding out on the beach with uh, Taylor and Nova yeah. you know, on horseback. And then he just gets off of that horse and he's just looking at this thing. And you're like, what the hell is he looking at? He realizes. I love how that was shot because you just see the top of it. And you're like, what is this? And then he just collapses and like, you know, you blew it up and everything. He realizes. And then he's just 
crouch down on the ground and then Nova just looks up and then you just see the Statue of Liberty just blown in half there on yeah. the beach. And that mm-hmm. is just, that's probably one of the most iconic endings of a mm-hmm. movie ever. And I think that's that's even more why they should have went better with Battle in the End. Yeah. It's like they didn't even care about one up in every ending. They yeah, did something. Yeah, yeah. And they just didn't even. It was hard to one up. I, I mean, how they want up the mm-hmm. in the second one, we're just going to blow the planet up. <laughs> That's all we can do. <laughs> we're just going to blow it up. I mean, to me, I love the ending of Conquest because Roddy McDowell is just, he is laying it down wow. right there. I mean, he I have to go with the original. Like I said, the, the endings to this Beneath and Conquest are right there with yeah. each other because Beneath, I'll never forget watching that ending. And my jaw was just like, uh... <laughs> and you know. I think escape kind of had to happen for Caesar. Well, the escape ending, yeah. I just remember watching that even when I was a kid. And I was like, and I was heartbroken to see Cornelius and Zira die like that, but it kind of had to happen. Yeah. And I mean, I just, yeah, that was, like I said, just devastating endings for me to watch when I was like, I was probably nine or 10 years old when I watched these <sighs> movies. And I was just like, ooh. You know, these, they, they just really blew me away. It's like, Hasseline, you bastard. Yeah, yeah, Dr. Hasseline, boy. Yeah, he, 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 was a, he was a hair trigger. I could say that in that because, boy, he blew that little baby ape away. Oh, we're talking about it. <laughs> yeah, you were not happy about that when you realized what I was going to happen. I cried yeah, on the couch. Yeah, you were not happy about uh-uh. that at all. Like I said, I'm going to have to go with the original as my favorite ending. But, yeah, the Conquest... Is right there. Conquest yeah. and and Beneath are probably right there beside each other just by how I was just blown away by both of them, but in different ways. I kind of figured we might at least have three alike, but I didn't know about Escape and Beneath where you would go. Well, as I tossed them back and forth. Oh, on our top fives? Mm-hmm. Yeah, our top fives, I did the same thing because I was like, is Beneath three? Yeah. Or is Escape three? Yeah. And I kind of had to go out back on that. But I switched it. <laughs> yeah, like I said, the ape steam bath almost kind of pushed it over. But I was like, no, because but I just I had a lot more fun watching. The one thing, like I said, that not they uh, beneath down the floor is, like I said, the first half of the movie just feels more yeah. like a, just a recap, a recap of the first yeah. movie. And, and you, in a way, you kind of miss Charleston Heston. Yeah, in a way. And it yeah. kind of... Yeah. It's like I said, I mean, that's really, like I said, the steam bath almost pushed it over. But at the end of the day, you know, I was like, eh, if the movie had a stronger opening, it would have probably been at three. But, okay, I guess with that, though, I mean, before we wrap up the episode here, any final thoughts you want to say on the series in general? Any pros that you liked, any cons, anything that you wish they would have did but didn't do? Or what what do you think about it overall? I actually love these movies. I wasn't sure. You know, when we started, you picked them all. I was like, wow, that's the oldest one we've done. I don't know if I'm going to like this or not. Even though I really generally love classic movies. Yeah. But I wasn't sure about Planet of Apes, whether I would like it or not. Well, I remember talking to you about going to see it in the theater because mm-hmm. they was going to show it like a Fathom Events thing and you kind of just crunched your nose up at it. <laughs> and we, But we never did go because I think this was about time COVID. Yeah. So and it shut down shut all down. the theaters. So I don't think it ever played if my memory is correct on that. So we never did get to go. So I was very 
you know, I want to do these because I love them, but I didn't know what you were thinking. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I kind of wish that Charleston Heston had been in all of them. The ones that he could be in. Followed as long as he could. Yeah. Then you got him different places where he wouldn't have been anymore well he even said that himself in an interview that's why he wasn't he wasn't a big he didn't want to do the sequel he even pretty much said that himself yeah. but he only did it as a favor mm -hmm. to the producers and he said well just donate my pay to charity but he even said himself he said after the first one really the movie's about the apes and not about the humans and that's he true. was right that's true. He was right. So there was really no place for him. Really. Yeah, but it's, I, it's just Charleston Heston. Yeah, it's Charleston Heston. I understand <laughs> that. Yeah. Any other thoughts on the um, series as a whole? I mean, you know, what... I mean, you said you enjoyed it overall. Yeah. Yeah, I, I wish that maybe they had done one more movie with Caesar. Yeah, just one more. Just one more. Oh, like, they could have really played it up like if Cornelius hadn't have died, that he was going to take over, you know. That's true, too. If he had been older yeah. in that last movie, it, like if they did another movie, Caesar could have been really old and his son ready to take, take charge, over. Take charge. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. But they didn't go that way. No. Well, like I said, going into this, they knew it was going to be the last movie anyway. And so. I think, you know, the way they did you know, Aldo killing him, it was like that ultimate betrayal mm -hmm. inside your own community. Well, I know the writers were looking at this movie as like, as almost like a Cain and Abel story. Right. You know, the first murder. Mm -hmm. And that's what this was. Technically, this was the first murder. They consider a, the first murder. Of an ape yeah. killing an ape. Because he did. Yeah. There's no way he could have said that he didn't yeah. Yeah. because he went dead after him and cut that tree out from under him. I re I've really enjoyed um, doing these. Kind of sad that we're finishing up, but I I really want to do the new ones. Yeah, um, I mean, that's kind of way way I'm looking at it too. I mean, I'm kind of sad to see the end of these. You know, like I said, if I could figure out a way to do the TV show, I would. <laughs> you know, yeah. we can't be. You know, that yeah. just wouldn't work. But I'm kind of like you with that. So I mean, any other uh, things you got to say about this series? No, I, I enjoyed it. And we, I mean, like I said, we already know your favorite of the series. I mean, is there one outside of the original in particular that you would tell somebody, say, hey, watch this one? Conquest. Conquest. Like, I just, I I want to stick with the, the first one being my favorite because it's just a classic. And yes. that's, it was the start. Yeah, it's a great movie. But Conquest is so good. To be yeah. a third movie, yeah, fourth, a fourth, fourth movie, fourth really. Movie, technically, yeah. yeah, but I, I in a way, enjoyed most of Conquest more than the original. Oh, wow, that's interesting. I just, I love to see Caesar, and I think where that's coming in is Caesar was more like, I know him in the new movies. Yeah. He's more, like, militant Yeah, well, and tough, and I think that was what I was drawn to. Yeah. In conquest, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't disagree with what you're saying there. So, is there any other thing you want to say outside mm -hmm. of what you know? Everybody watch it. Everybody, everybody watch it, and yeah. I think you know, Planet of the Apes is such a broad thing. There's so many fans. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's there's lots of things we can do. So that's that's your final thoughts on mm -hmm. it. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm gonna probably say some of the. Stuff that you said, I mean, to me, this series is just 
it's one of my favorites as far as sci-fi fantasy series. This is, I've said it before, this is the kind of science fiction I gravitate toward more. I love stuff like Star Wars, don't get me wrong, it's good adventure stuff, and it's just fun adventure. But I tend to like stuff that not only is this fun adventure stuff, but this is something that deals with issues in it that are timeless. Lots of layers. Lots of layers and just mm -hmm. timeless issues, stuff about race society society yeah and there's like just strong satire in these movies i love stuff that like oh there's extra like you said extra layers extra mm -hmm. things to kind of chew on in these movies and like i said a lot of the themes in these movies are just as potent now as they were back when these movies were made oh yeah i don't want i don't like to get into politics too much but you almost have to kind of look at like how you have these people now who are big fans of their guns. They're big fans of like, I want to conquer, or I want this and I want mm. that. You have this side of the aisle, but then you have the other people like, you know, let's just try to live peacefully together. You know, timeless things going on now. Mm -hmm. We'll go on long after I'm right. gone. Right. It's like Aldo was saying, yeah. guns are power. Yeah. Power is, is what we want. Yeah, and that's how a lot of people yeah. think. So, I mean, to me, I, I, I like that kind of stuff. I mean, I love, I'm drawn to that mm. kind of thing. Yeah. And that's what really was one of the things that sunk into me about these movies when I watched them when I was a kid, is that they were... You know, ooh, these are fun action movies, but then, you know, like watching... I think I even pointed it out in the podcast. It's been so long ago since we did it. Like where the apes were hurting up the humans in the first movie. And, you know, they were shooting them and killing them. Mm -hmm. And then right there at the end, they were posing with the humans they shot. Like how people nowadays yeah. will shoot like a deer or something. Yeah. Or shoot a bear. And they'll pose with it like they just. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I, it's just that even back then that struck me because I would always see when I was a kid when people were go hunting like, yeah you know and they'd have mm -hmm. people that are I'm gonna age myself Polaroid camera shooting themselves <laughs> you know shooting a picture of themselves you know with the deer that they got you know yeah. strapped to their truck that stuff really sunk in for me when I was a mm -hmm. kid watching it like I said I love Star Wars I love things like that don't get me wrong but I will gravitate more toward this kind of thing because yeah. I love just sitting there like, ooh, you know, mm -hmm. I can really chew on this. I can really relate to this. This really is a series of movies that's ultimately, it's been imitated in various ways. I mean, even though, I, like I said, I do enjoy the remakes. I think mm -hmm. they're very good in their own way. They aren't as good as these movies to me. They might have had more money, but I think these movies here have more they're trying to say yeah. in each of the films mm -hmm. and the one thing i love about this series of movies and we might have talked about this before i love how almost each movie is a different kind of movie mm -hmm. you know these aren't sequels that are like oh well let's just regurgitate what we did before yeah and just do the same thing but just spin it differently like the third one took place in modern day for example the second one was a continuation of the first one but they went into some weird places there in the second <laughs> half 
And the fourth one was more of like a uh, uprising kind of slave revolt movie, yeah. basically. And the fifth one was just more of a just kind of adventure story of an ape and human kind of skirmish, not war, yeah, <laughs> uh, or battle. But that's the one thing I like about these movies mm -hmm. is that they just tried to do something different with each one. I don't know. It's just like I said, this is a series that I think has been imitated and tried to be redone in a lot of ways, but. I don't think it'll ever be topped. This is like one of my favorite series to watch. Like I said, I'm kind of sorry. I'm happy that we finished it up just to put a cap on it. But at the same time, I'm kind of sorry to see it end because I enjoy talking about these yeah. movies. Like I said, this is a film series. I sit down probably at least once a year and rewatch all of them mm -hmm. because I just, I enjoy them and I can sit down and watch them and have just as much fun watching them. God knows how many times I've seen these. <laughs> I just can say, if you're listening to this one, why you would listen to this one first and not the other <laughs> ones, I don't know. But let's just say, for example, you are. Go back. Go back and watch these movies mm -hmm. if you haven't ever seen them. Or yeah. even if you haven't seen them in a while. Go back and take a look at them. I do have to admit, I think they're difficult to find now on Blu-ray because I think a lot of them are out of print now. Yeah. Or they're going for some high dollar. But if you can find them... Uh, Definitely, definitely watch them because, like I said, they're truly, they're truly great movies. Yeah, you know, and just a great series of movies. That's gonna be about it for the uh, Planet of the Apes, the original series, and we will uh, close close the curtain on that one, <laughs> and we are done. But I guess uh, with that, what we're gonna do is we're gonna start wrapping things up. I want to thank a lot of people who've been commenting on our episodes. Mm -hmm. um, I get messages from people who are listening, you know, sending some, you know, stuff that they've enjoyed these episodes, enjoyed that one, mm -hmm. requesting more stuff that we'll hopefully try to get into some yeah. of these. I think we're going to pencil in some of these other ones uh, as we can, but I do appreciate them. The comments on certain movies like Thanksgiving, I'm, I'm appreciative <laughs> of, of that. You know, I was uh, surprised by the response to that one. I wasn't sure how that one would go, but a lot of people sent uh, condolences to my wife, you know, as far as, you know, figured, you know, she would probably kill me after watching that. She did kill me, surprisingly. Uh, it probably killed some of her respect for me, but it didn't kill her. No, we already did girl jealous. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But like I said, I really do appreciate the comments and the suggestions, people making top three suggestions that we're going to actually kind of throw into here and there as, as uh, episodes go on. I want to thank our um, Planet of the Apes friend that we made. Yeah. Um, I don't know if she would want me to say her name, but um, she sent us pictures, gotten to visit a lot of the, yeah, the, locations. Uh, the locations, and she'll send us pictures, and that we always love to see them. Yes, I would love to see those one day. Like I said, that almost be like walking on holy ground to me if I ever oh, went there. Oh, I know. Yeah, I, I wouldn't know what to think if I, uh, I would just like have to sit there and just take it all in. So we've, we've become like email buddies, and we'll just talk about anything and everything. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I definitely appreciate seeing them pictures. I love seeing anything like that. I would love to be able to get to see that kind of thing. I don't know that I ever will, but fingers crossed one day I will. And, you know, I also want to thank that she gave us a special gift for the podcast. Yes, yes. Um, and we enjoyed that. Yes, very much so. But I guess with that, what we're going to do is 
I guess if you want to email us any questions, any comments, go mm-hmm. to the movie clinic at gmail.com and that's T H A, not T H E. You know, any requests, any questions, uh, just any comments in general, you can send them there. We have the, the movie clinic on Facebook page. You know, you can post comments and everything there. I post news articles as I can on there. Feel free to leave anything there as well. But like I said, it seems like most people, they just comment on the uh, posts when I make them or they send me messages there, which is all good too. I still get them there too. I check, <laughs> I check everything once a day. You know, like I said, I really appreciate all of them. And I guess uh, the best place to get our podcast is on themovieclinic.com. You know, download it from there. It seems like that's where most of our traffic is going now. Yeah, I'm kind of paying attention to the analyticals on there instead of Anchor now. Yeah, because I know Spotify, it seems like a lot of people yeah, are Yeah, it just seems like it's tapered it. off on Anchor. Yeah. The, all the traffic's going to the actual yeah, website. Yeah, like Podbay and yeah. Player FM, places mm-hmm. like that. That seems to be the, the website, Podbay and Player FM seem to be like the three that I seem mm-hmm. to see that's the pretty constant as mm-hmm. far as where people are getting them. So I'd say go there, try to find them podcast if not there we're on other places podcast yep. at it you know you name mm-hmm. it we're, we're probably there i guess with that what we're going to do is we're going to go ahead and shut everything down for now and i guess until next time i'm david i'm sharon and we'll talk to you again soon bye bye